Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Awakening uh, Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti, a.k.a. Brother Michael. Uh, let me bring my brothers in. Ravana Noon. You got, are you there, Brother Ravana Noon? Yes, I'm here. All right, let me get in. Plug in Brother Sargidi. Brother Sargidi, you there? Brother Sargidi, can you hear me? Peace, Brother Peace. All right, man. Stop eating that chipmunk. Stop eating them chipmunks, man. <laughs> you know I love the shitterlings, brother. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to welcome everybody to the show. Uh, again, for our newer listeners, this is an occult. We're using terms that you can relate to. Uh, this is an occult, metaphysical, alchemy, dark magic, ancestral worship, all those things. Uh, that's the type of topics that we discuss. Uh, it's not a religious show. I just want to make that crystal clear for maybe brand new listeners that might be tuning in. Um, if you did get that word, the memo was incorrect. So we're not interested in religious dogma, philosophies, opinions, faith and belief systems. So don't even waste your time and energy. You're beating on a dead horse. Uh, having said that, what we like to do first and foremost, and again, more so for our newer listeners, we like to... Uh, for all the brothers on the show to give a brief introduction of themselves. So if you want to give a quick introduction of yourself, uh, go ahead, Brother Ravana. All right. Greetings, everybody. Uh, as the brother said, my name is Ravana Noon. Um, welcome to our Awakening Universal Mind show. As always, a quick insight on myself and some of the brothers of uh, We've always shared that we've walked a lot of different paths, and we do that just for you all to understand that it's about the experience. It's not about being uh, arrogant or bragging. simply about the experience. One thing we've noticed within the conscious community is that we tend to read a lot of books. We tend to speculate, but we don't have the experiences of some of the information that we're quoting on. For example, many people will share things about OTO but have never walked within the confines of the order of of OTO. And because of that, they're speculating. They really do not understand the esoteric meanings within as conveyed by the, uh, the authoritative figures within those Orders. Not that you have to join an order. That's not for everybody. But for ourselves, we feel that if we're going to understand some of the concepts, some of the things that we are sharing with others, we have to have our own inner experience to understand the esoteric truths that these authors, these uh, orders, these organizations were trying to convey, which then allows us to share with you all from a different perspective than just 
speculating, and this is what I feel, and uh, it's not debatable what I say, which is bullshit, because all opinions are just that, opinions. They're not facts. And your opinion is based upon your perception, and your perception is based upon your experiences. And if you don't have the experiences of certain orders, organizations, or esoteric truth, then you're just still basically stating an opinion, which is always up for debate. That's right. All right. Excellent point. Brother Sargidi, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Cool, brother. I'm feeling the spirit. Oh, shit. Jesus is alive. (laughs) 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 This brother chitlins, brother. Them chitlins. It's Brother Sargi, as I stated, as we stated on many other shows. We have walked many different paths, and all of them lead to self-mastery. And as my good brother Ravana has stated, the experience factor is very important. Pretty much, you know, as he stated, you can't you can't speak about Freemasonry unless you are actually unless you're actually a Freemason. Can't speak about OTO Rastafarian. Oh wait, brother. You mean if I, you, hey, brother, I'm sorry. So you mean if I, if I read a book that doesn't make me a master? Hell no. It just, oh, it just oh, makes okay. you, it makes, it makes you a good book reader. Oh, okay, okay. That way you can come up with theory. One of the, one, I say this. One of the things, you know, and we know the difference personally. You know, there's a difference. I use Freemasonry, for example. We know the difference between a book mason and a lodge mason. We know the Big difference. Big time. Big time. So, you know, you can play all these games by reading these books, but we know you're fake. And we know you're fake because a lot, a, a lot of that shit in the book is not even really how it is. Exactly. So, but you can read all the books you want. It's still not going to make you a mason. And that goes the same for any sacred society. You can read books on them all day, but that don't make you a part of them. That's right. And like I said, we're not promoting to join orders, but if you're so if you're so curious, why don't you go on the inside to find out? That's right. Why just sit up there and read a fucking book all day? That ain't gonna really tell you shit about the order. That's right. So that's all I want to say for now. Peace. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, pretty much same for me. Just kind of going to reiterate uh, what Brother Ravana Noon and Brother Sargidi said. Uh, we've walked all those different paths. Uh, currently walking some of them, um, all of us. Um, and, again, the objective of that is we're, we're trying to draw the point home to live the experience and basically not read about it. And, unfortunately, when you hear us say things like, we have a lot of book readers, uh, book masons, uh, book occultists, book magicians, book OTO members, book Freemasons. And, and Brother Sarge, you know, pr- brings a, a very simple point that a kindergartner could understand. Just because you read 20 books on masonry doesn't make you a mason. Because you have not gained the experience of going through the ritual, uh, being blindfolded in the darkness, working the ritual, and getting the full effect of the stamped impression that leaves on the subconscious mind just like any other spiritual ritual. Same thing with OTO, any of the orders we mentioned. And again, like both of the brothers said, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, give it a third thumbs up, um, if you really want to know about it, join it. It's not, we're not, we're not, again, we're not promoting, it's not mandatory you join any of this stuff. 
But like I simply say, and, and, and the brothers say, if if you don't, then don't talk as if you know, because like I said, we can smell a book mace and a book of cultists from a mile away. And we can pretty much tell where you're regurgitating the shit from, what lecture you listen to, what scholar you got it from. So you're not speaking from your own personal experience. You're speaking from the impressions, research, and experience of somebody else. So it doesn't make it authentic. What makes it authentic is when you gain the experience for yourself. So that's why we say if you want that authentic experience and not the book experience, then we encourage you to gain the experience yourself and join. Um, and, again, it's not mandatory. If, if, again, if you decide not to, then just don't teach on shit you don't know about. That's basically what that message is. I'm feeling pretty good. Did a little Typhonian magic earlier, a little Cali uh, mantra magic earlier. So I'm a little energizing juice for what we're going to talk about tonight because it's important. It's kind of going to validate um, all the things we've been talking about for a long time. You might say, why do we choose this movie? People might say, where the that fuck movie, did that, that come movie from? Was really, that movie was good, too. You know, I, when I checked it out, I was like, man, damn. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, unfortunately, if you didn't watch the movie, we're about to fuck it up for you. So hopefully you, we put the, uh, you know, the advertisement out for this show very early in the week. I believe we did it Saturday or Sunday, as early as we could. So we're hoping most people did have a chance to watch the movie. Unfortunately, if you didn't, we're going to fucking pretty much ruin it for you. Not in the sense ruined, you'll appreciate it still going back and watching it, meaning we might ruin the ending for you, but that's just too bad. Uh, But you'll still be able to go back and appreciate it. You'll be looking at it from a different perspective as opposed to somebody else that's going to be watching it blindly, not really knowing what's going on. So there's there's a twofold story to that. Yeah, we might ruin the ending for you. But in the second token, you're going to be able to watch it more in an analytical way as opposed to just watching it blindly. Um, we chose this movie. Uh, Ravana Noon had called. Oh, no, matter of fact, it was last Saturday. And turns out Ravana Noon had watched this two days before I did. And, and I picked it up out of Redbox last week, you know, because I kind of like Ethan Hawke. I like some of his movies. Uh, it that's seems evil, like he's one of the. You like a white man. That's evil. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the fuck. He's a good ass actor. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I like the roles he plays. So I saw it in Redbox. I remember seeing a commercial oh, for it. You love the white man, brother. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is, brother. <laughs> so <laughs> so I got the movie last weekend, and, and me and my wife watched it, and we were blown away by it. So the next morning, I called with Von Noon, and he had just watched it two days prior to that. So he said, man, you know what? We were talking, and he said, you know what? Let's go ahead and do a show on that shit. We'll break it down, et cetera, et cetera. So I was like, that, let's do it. We put the promotion on the Facebook page, and we, then we ran the, uh, you know, send it all out to everybody. All right, so that's where we're at right now. So that's the reason why we chose the movie Regression. Quick synopsis, and then, brothers, we'll, we'll go in and break it down. Um, the movie is based on actual true events. Not saying the whole entire movie is true, but they based it on uh, true events that took place, uh, I believe it was in Minnesota back in the early 90s. Um, what the movie is about, uh, the so-called propaganda and propagation of so-called satanic cults that possibly, and pay close attention to the language we we use tonight, possibly existed during that time. There was a lot of internal investigations, a lot of allegations brought up. So basically the movie is based on Ethan Hawke, who plays a detective in the Minnesota Police Department, is investigating a case of a so-called father that has molested, so-called molested his daughter. And as the movie unfolds, there's a lot of twists and turns. There's more 
uh, deeper insights to the family. There's also a brother. There's the grandmother slash mother. Uh, there's the key characters because we're going to break these characters down. There's a reverend who's a key character in the movie. We're going to break that down and show you what it represents. The girl who's the central character of the movie. We're going to break that down. Ethan Hawke. We're going to break down who and what he represents as far as how this whole occult metaphysical thing breaks down. Then you have the captain slash sergeant who is the guy on the fence. He's not saying it's true and he's not saying it's false. And we'll show what that represents consciously. Um, each character represents a state of consciousness when you watch this movie. We're going to break that down for you. Then we're going to break down the outcome, which is fucking amazing because the outcome is basically what we've been talking about on the show for over almost over a year now. And I believe, brothers, this is show 73. And when we get to show 100, we definitely got to do something big. You know, maybe do a show on fucking cones and fucking baboons or something. I don't know. Yeah. But we'll, we'll do something real. <laughs> we'll do something real big. Step on some heads, um, brother. Step on some heads, brother. Yeah, step on some heads. So we chose the movie Regression. And again, if... If you have not seen it, definitely see it. Hopefully some of you have already watched it, and then you're going to really even be able to appreciate uh, the build that we're going to break down tonight. So, brothers, uh, that's the basic summarization of the movie. So the movie appears to say just the average motherfucker just watching a regular movie, hey, let me go get this movie, looks like a horror movie, whatever, pops it in. It appears to just be on the surface to the ignorant, a movie about so-called satanic cults. To the asshole that you know that's asleep and doesn't really know what he's watching, that's what it appears on the surface. Um, so let's first and foremost talk about uh, when the movie opens. The precept. The basic thing is there's a father that has been accused of molesting his girl. Okay. And speaking of that, before before we begin next week's show, and I just want to throw this out there, and I had talked to Brother Ravana Noon about this real quick before we get into this. Next week's show is going to be. It's not going to be pretty. I was going to give everybody the heads up. And I'm saying I'm speaking for myself, and I'm sure the brothers, they'll have their own opinion. I'm not speaking for them, but I'm sure they'll agree with me. I couldn't give a fuck what anybody feels. The topic we're going to do next week, we're exposing this whole child molestation scandal in the conscious community with Africa Bambata, Dr. York, all these fucking pedophiles. And I couldn't give a fuck if you agree with me or not. I want to hear your personal feelings on it. We're going to talk about hardcore evidence. I don't care. Don't 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 play the fucking race card. The black man's being set up. I don't hear any of that shit. Because if you come with any of that shit, you're gonna get squashed. And this is a topic that needs to be addressed and addressed and, with authority. And trust, me, and trust me, you know we know enough evidence mm-hmm. on this shit to really, you know, put niggas out there. Trust me. That's right. So it's not gonna be a pretty show. So leave your personal feelings at home. We couldn't give it, like I say, I, I couldn't give a fuck if you get offended by it. It's going to be addressed in its correct form. We got to stop giving these coons passes for hurting and, and destroying the lives of innocent children and stop giving them passes and stop with the conspiracy theories and stop they, using they the got fucking it, race they got it, brother. The white man, the white man trying yeah. to take down the cops, yeah. brother. Yeah. Africa Bambada is guilty as fuck. There's tons of evidence. And, and Ravana Noon will be found on it even more next week. Because and his, and his, heard butt buddy, his butt buddy, Dr. York, too. Yeah, well, birds of a feather flock together. And, and Ravana Noon is a member of the Zulu Nation, was there at pertinent time. So, we're not, again, we're speaking from experience. We were all members of the Nuwapia Nation for a long time. So 
We'll be speaking from experience. Anybody that wants to get their asses sliced the fuck up, if you are a nigga whopping, feel free to get your ass diced up because you're going to get your ass diced up. <laughs> if you're a Zulu coon, if you're a Zulu coon, we're going to dice your ass up too. We've been trying to tell you Negroes this for years. We see this shit coming, and it's going to be more. You're going to see a lot more of these conscious coons be exposed. Nobody gets a fucking pass for molesting children. I don't give a fuck who you are. Nobody gets a pass. You get one strike. They ain't no two strikes. Exactly. They ain't no don't, three strikes. Don't. Don't don't come out with some occult meaning to, you know, hurting children and they're pretty much hurting their souls for the rest of their lives. That's right. Cold foot in your ass. That's the occult foot you're going to get. But anyway, I don't want to divert <laughs> from what we're, what we're doing tonight. I just wanted to throw that out there. And just to, that'll be next week's show. It's not going to be pretty. That's going to be ugly. It's going to be a different type of show. And we're not going to hold anything back. But anyway, so back to the movie Regression. Uh, which is very important from a from a metaphysical, alchem, alchemical slash alchemy, occult hidden, uh, because it, it it has a lot of subliminal messages. But the reason why what I want to talk about, brothers, is it really breaks down the subjective and the objective realms, and how when one taps into that subjective realm, how they're able to mesh it with the objective realm to the point where you can't determine the fine line between fiction or reality and that's what the movie showed you all right so i want to get you brothers feedback on the characters uh let's start first and foremost uh, uh ethan hawk brothers when you watch the movie what was your perception because we're all not going to have the identical perception we're going to have similar but what was your perception the key role of what ethan hawk represented his character in the movie well uh to myself, Ravana Noon, this Ethan Hawke represented the aspect of a journey of discovery. And many of us are presently on that, beginning that, or, you know, towards the end of it. But whatever the case, Ethan Hawke represented that individual who was always curious, who always... Mm-hmm wanted to investigate and find out information for himself. So, for example, at the beginning of the movie when he gets called into the crime scene, so to speak, um, he goes to the house where the grandmother and the female character had resided at. When he gets there, you know, he finds out that the female character has taken refuge in the church um, mm-hmm. with a pastor. So Ethan Hawke is very curious as to, well, why wouldn't she be here herself so he could find out more? And also, you know, what exactly took place in this house? So he's a very curious individual, which is basically symbolic of people who, if you're truly on a cold path, you question everything. If you don't question everything, you're not on a cult path. You're on a bullshit faith and belief path. So when you start to question everything, you question literally as it means everything. So when he asked, he asked the fellow officer, well, where is the room located? And the fellow officer says, oh, the room is all the way down at the end of the hall to the left. Mind you, keep that in keep that in mind because it's kind of curious to say, well, how the hell does the officer know if this is his first time here? 
that the room was all the way at the end to the left. So anyways, Ethan Hall goes up there, and he starts investigating the room. He starts looking for some kind of evidence, some kind of something. And what happens is that this character um, will lead you into the world of questioning your life, questioning what you consider to be reality. So as he leaves the house, his intention is to go question the girl and to question, well, what really took place in this house. So she goes on to give him a story of how she was molested by her daddy. And her daddy um, had repetitively molested her. Now, as you know, in the current climate of America and throughout the world, that is a very volatile accusation. It can lead to your death, incarceration, or anything else. So what happens is that um, he questions her, and she gives him a story of there was another person involved, and this other person was the main person perpetrating this, but her daddy was also there. So now Ethan is automatically upset. He's angry. You can understand why, because this is a young girl who's accusing her daddy, and now there's another victim, I mean, another perpetrator involved. So decidedly, he goes and questions the daddy. Now, understand this. When he questions the daddy, he already has in his mind what was revealed to him by the, the female character of the uh, the act that took place. And so he shares this with the daddy and tells the daddy that, well, your daughter says that you didn't act alone, that there was somebody else involved. And the daddy says, I can't remember. I can't mm-hmm. remember anything. I can't remember if I did this or I didn't do this. I can't remember anything. Remember this. Remember that part right there. He cannot remember if he did it or did anything. So Ethan Hawke basically starts getting upset, telling him he's a liar, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, eventually they contact a psychiatrist, psychologist, Uh who um, investigates and studies and researches these kind of phenomenons, okay? So he goes and speaks to the psychiatrist. He reveals some information. And the psychiatrist says something that's very important to Ethan Hawke. He says, the mind creates its own universe. That's right. Say that again. The mind creates its own universe. <laughs> yeah, I thought, that, I thought that shit was powerful. Now, That's right. At first, Ethan Hawke was like, well, yeah, but he wasn't really feeling that, that statement at first. You understand? So what happens is Ethan Hawke brings along the psychologist, and they're going to do some form of regressive hypnosis on the daddy to try to see what he could remember. That's right. Now, mind you, before the regressive hypnosis character comes into the mix, Ethan Hawke 
already heard the story from the female character that there was another person involved in a molestation of her. That's right. And That's right. he already revealed the same information to her dad, who was who she had accused of molesting her, but now she added another person to the mix as being involved with the molestation. So the psychologist comes and he puts the daddy under regressive hypnosis. And the the psychologist is asking the guy to certain questions. And these questions are important because certain questions are patterns of the mind. And if you ask a certain question in a certain way and you have a pattern to your questioning, it can trigger thoughts. It can trigger repressed memories or different things of that nature. So as they go along, the daddy starts to see something. And he starts to see himself walk into the room. Then he starts to see himself looking down at his daughter and then he, all of a sudden he sees him sees another guy in the mix come in and start um, basically tying up his daughter's arms. And Ethan Hawke, I mean, and, and the daddy is taking pictures while the guy is tying up his daughter and molesting her. Now, mind you, this is under regressive hypnosis. So now, oh, quick point, quick pro quo. Well, Go also back, real quick, really quick, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, real quick, Ravala Nunes. Also, and and again to, to understand, Dan, and, and I'm gonna let you finish. Then then he sees the so-called group of individuals in these black robes uh, that appear to be a satanic cult with this key old lady figure with glasses, which is which is important. Now, mind you, you'll find later at the end of the movie that the daughter, you find out. A little later in the movie, that the daughter's in exile in the church because she created this story that this that she was abused by her father who belonged to a satanic cult. Now you find this out a little bit later, which would explain why the father, when he went under, under regressive hypnosis, saw what he saw. Now remember, what did the psychologist say? What was his statement? Mind creates its own universe. Own universe. All is mental. Mental is all. First principle to Hootie. But go ahead. Right, but before that, I, rem- I forgot a part when the officer and Ethan Hawke were driving off from the scene. The officer uh, yeah. told him, the officer told him, and you don't think she possibly can make up this whole story? And he looks at her and said, well, why would she? Remember that's right. that. Because that's, that's important. Right. So anyway, that's right. so now the daddy sees all these things under regressive hypnosis. And not only that, but then um, he sees other people in the room. So he goes back and questions the girl, well, what really happened? Tell me more. So the girl begins to tell him the further story how there was all these people that were gowned in robes, black robes with candles, and um, they were having all kinds of lewd and lascivious sex acts. They were sacrificing little babies. I remember babies. that. Right. They were sacrificing little babies. No, nah, nigga, we ain't talking about what you did last night. I saw Aguidi. No. We talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie. So uh, hell they, yeah, they brother. I'm the fucking devil, babies. nigga. Right. They had all these things going on in the movie. And right. 
it was taking place in a barn that was right next to the house where the girl says she was molested. So she starts describing these scenes, and she describes how there's this one white lady, older white lady with glasses, who would inject very important people, would inject these people with a serum to make them forget what they had partaked in or what they had participated in. Okay, so now after hears for, furthermore of the story, the whole movie takes a twist and turn because now there's a satanic cult ritual abuse element to the movie. And apparent, so apparently, apparent. Uh, Apparent. That's what it's. Okay, let's stress that. So now, so now the uh, officer, um, all of a sudden it comes to comes to be that the father, the father says that that officer was the one that was also molesting his daughter. So now oh. they arrest this officer who was there at the beginning of the movie who drove with Ethan Hawke in the car. Now they arrest him as being a perpetrator of molestation as well. So, as the, as he's locked up, Ethan Hawke starts going and doing further investigation about this whole satanic ritual call and all these things. So he goes and questions the girl more, and the girl keeps telling him even more stories about what would take place, how people were involved, how they were forced to forget. And so now, Ethan Hawke ends up going home. And as he's home, he starts to dream, and he falls asleep. <laughs> and as he falls asleep, he starts to see these same people. Oh, and the same that, lady. The girl, told right. her, the girl told him that be careful because they might try to kill you too because they're trying to kill me. So the be careful. So now he goes home and he starts dreaming of their satanic cult trying to attack him. Um, they even have this lady get on top of him and ride him start, while start fucking him and shit. Black. Yep. And he wakes up. He wakes up and there was nobody in the room. But the last thing he remembers was they were they were trying to add a truth serum to him, like inject him with the truth. Yep. I mean, uh, uh, forgetful uh, serum to make him forget this whole episode or event. That's right. So, so the movie continues where he starts getting more and more and more in-depth into investigating satanic calls, the rituals, how they work, everything else. The psychologist is telling him, you're getting too wrapped up into this case. This That's case right. is consuming you, and you're starting to become and a the, part of the case. And remember, remember, this is the same dude that said the devil ain't real. Exactly. That's right. That's right. So he said, you're getting consumed by the case. You're getting too wrapped up. So every time this uh, Ethan Hall finds out more information, he goes to the girl, and he the girl starts revealing more to him, and every time there's a pastor there with her at the church because she's staying at the church, and the pastor he's a he's telling him that <laughs> the devil makes you believe that he's not real, and make the that, devil will make you believe that it doesn't uh, yeah. because that's how Spooky the devil shit. works. Okay, that's that religious coon shit. Right. So <laughs> eventually, what happens is that um they find out a little more information, and he's sitting there with the girl in a, in a cemetery, and they're sitting there in front of her mother's uh, grave. Grave. And what's interesting is her mom had died in an accident. Her mom and dad, I mean, her mom had died in an accident, and her dad went into 
an alcoholic state, and he was not really there for his children because the girl had a brother. Okay. And he's a homo, and he was a booty right. bandit. And he was a homosexual. And what <laughs> happened is that you find out that the father had basically um, told his son to leave because he was a sodomite. Okay, because his father was trying to be super religious and cover his depression and his alcoholism because of his wife's death through religion. And so because of that, he got so religiously um, indoctrinated in, in the fervor of religious religious fever that he kicked his son out because he found out his son was a homo. So they went and go they went to go speak to the son. Okay? And the son they put on him under regressive hypnosis as well. And the son starts to remember some things, but what he remembers is not quite like what his sister said. So Okay, they're a little thrown off by that, but they say, well, yeah, but they do remember some, they remember some things. But they had told him prior to regressive hypnosis that his sister said that there was satanic cult rituals and there was these things taking place in the barn and all these things were happening. What happened to you as you were a little child? Who hurt you? Did your grandma hurt you? All this other shit. Okay? So when he goes into regressive hypnosis, he starts to see these things that they have described, and he sees a... a, a, a some other things, but he never quite really sees like his grandmother as, a, as as hurting him. So, anyways, eventually, as we get to the end of the movie, um, oh, before after, okay, so as they're sitting in the graveyard, she ends up kissing Ethan Hawke, and then yeah. she ends up calling him and hanging up for like two, three, four, five times. So you understand while she's doing it, she's basically indoctrinating or influencing him with fear that it's a satanic cult trying to uh, make him afraid, fear for his life. Now, Vic, and brother empowering these people. Real quick, the mother slash grandmother. Now remember, she she got she represents somebody that got so engulfed. She now she lost sight of reality in the spiritual world. Now remember. She goes crazy at the end, and, you know, she jumps out the window, you understand, and, and, and damages herself. She doesn't die, but she represented the person that couldn't deal with everything that was going on. But we'll, we'll, we'll go back to that. We'll go ahead and finish. We'll get to the end, and then we'll go back. So um, what's happening now is that as they're getting towards the end of the movie, um, there's a, a certain part where – her brother, her well, as, as her grandmother basically lost it, threw herself out the window. She thought that you know she was a bad person and she had done all this to hurt him. So she threw out. Uh, she thought something was trying to attack her, which was really just a cat, nothing else. But she thought <laughs> he was trying to attack her, and she jumped. <laughs> she threw herself out the window. So the brother comes back, and basically the brother starts taking care of her. They ask the brother some more questions. He says, none of that should happen that she's saying. That is not true. My sister is not saying, you know, basically in so many words, she's saying my sister is not saying the truth. That shit didn't happen. So Ethan Hawke starts to really put shit two and two together. And when he comes to the police station, the officer was released, and he gets upset. So why is he released? So he speaks to the, um, so he's at home one day, and then, Two people break into his house, and 
he gets in a fight with them, and he finds out that one of them is the cop who was accused of being a part of the molestation, and there was another one who that was investigating the case. Yeah, they did. Who was investigating yeah, they, the case with him. So what happened? Yeah, they said now, the guy he said asked, he didn't want to get in trouble. Right. So he asked the guy, "Well, what really happened? Tell me the truth." So basically, the guy tells him all this information. What really happened? So he goes to the girl. And the pastor and the girl are sitting there in the church, and he sits there, and he's, he, has, he has a notebook, and he's reading off to the notebook, and see, what they did to you is that, you know, they had ritual sex with you, and they impregnated <laughs> a feast. Right. They impregnated you with a demon seed, and you uh, had to abort the baby, or were thinking of aborting the baby, and all this, but it was really a blank notebook. There was nothing there, because what happened is Ethan Hawke at this time had figured out that this was all bullshit, that she had really was upset at her parents because the guy, the officer who was accused of uh, being a part of the molestation really was having a relationship with her. And they had been having a relationship for a long time. And she was upset and hated her father, hated her parents altogether. And she, she just really wanted to destroy her whole family. And so she basically concocted this whole story and even brought in the guy she was having a relationship with, which was the officer. So the officer ended up telling her, no, we were having a relationship. We were actually in a relationship. She hated her parents so much that she would go into extreme length to conspire some story against him to destroy their whole existence. So that's what gave him the idea to go in there with a blank notebook and create this whole story that you were impregnated, ritual, uh, ritual abuse, all these things, satanic ritual abuse. And then she's crying and she's agreeing, yes, that happened. And then he takes the notebook and slams it down on the table. And it's a, and they both, the pastor and her both see that it's a blank notebook. And they say, well, how could you do this? this how could you, not, you know, how could you not believe this? This is all really happening. He said, this is all bullshit. You made up this whole story because you hated your parents. You read this satanic <laughs> book here about satanic ritual abuse. You read this story, concocted your own story from this story in this book that is a now world-famous uh, world book about satanic ritual abuse. And you created this whole story because you hated your parents. And so basically, you end up, you, at the end of the movie, you end up finding out that there was no satanic ritual abuse, not that it, it not that it doesn't happen or did happen in society, but it created a fever pitch throughout society. It was on network television everywhere about these satanic ritual abuses. In it reality, didn't exist. most of the time, and she admitted it. And, re- and remember, she admits it to him at the end. She goes, you can, "You'll never prove it." Yep. And then she threatens him and tells him, "Well, I'll tell everybody that you kissed me." The incident that you mentioned. So she admits she had an agenda, and like Brother Ivana knew, like you're saying. She convinced the whole town that it was real. Now, that's pretty much the summarization of the movie, but what I want to, real quick, now here's, here's some key points in this movie. Back to the psychologist's statement. You create your own universe. Now, the old lady figure that you see every time they go under regression figure, this is, this is super, so many strong occult messages in that. You see this old, it looks like an old, some old, you know, shopping lady from back in the 40s and 50s, you know, looks as innocent as she can be, right? Now, the father's seeing it. Let me show you how somebody 
can can force their consciousness on you by concocting this story and 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 by putting so much energy behind it they show you every one of them sees the similarity and this the one key figure in the dream is this old lady that always comes and puts her finger over her mouth which is that's that's very symbolic in, in fraternal and sacred orders whether it's the masonic order or oto where they put the finger over the mouth that's to say hush or mum and that's very Masonic, very occult. Mom, and any mom's sacred the word, order. brother. Mom's the word, whatever the fuck you want to say. Anybody that's in a lot of these sacred sides, we know. That's, that's also on the first degree of the Order Templi Orientis, OTO, that is the first degree when you do the stance of a magician. You put, your, you put your finger, your right finger over your mouth, you put your left hand at the slice across your throat, and you have your left foot in front of your right. It's, it's, it's Masonic and it's a cult. She does that every time she appears. That is a fucked up thing. Ethan Hawke sees this woman in, in his dreams, the father. Then at the end, before he goes to the point where Ravonna New mentioned at the end when he goes to the church, he's, he's standing inside of a restaurant. He looks out the window. Now, you fuck this shit fucked my head up because yeah. it goes to show you. He's looking outside the window and he sees it's an advertisement for some product, and the, and, the, and the woman that he's seeing in the dream is not even a real person. It's an animated, made-up, fictitious person. Now, the fucking question is, how the fuck were both of them seeing them in both of their dreams where this character became a reality in the subjective realm? Because now, they don't really... the mind creates its own universe. The mind creates so, its own universe. If you, so, if you are told something long enough, you will accept it as true and even create it and bring it into your own subjective realm and will implant it within your subconscious mind and it will play back for you. And you it's no different it's no I'm sorry. different than it's no different than, you know, uh, some people are having near death experiences and they see this white light and they see Jesus go out the white light. But see, that's that what shit woke him. Is a creation. Right, but that's what woke him up. That's what really keyed him in to something was wrong because he said, wait a fucking minute. That's the bitch I'm seeing in all these fucking dreams I'm having when the satanic cult arrives because she's the one coming with, she always injects you with the serum and then it snapped him out of it. He said, wait a fucking minute. And I forgot what product she was advertising. Some, some it, shit she was advertising. I think I it was know, butter or bread or some shit. Butter like or bread or some shit. Wasn't even a real person. Now, this fictitious character made its way into the subjective realm of all of them. Okay? Now, we got, we got that shit playing itself out. You got Ethan Hawke. That's, represents- that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a great point, you know, that people have to understand and see the subjective realm can be affected by anything. If you allow it. And it affects your objective realm. See, that's when you know you're tapping into greater black magic. But now the challenge is being able to balance and mesh the two. This is where some people get lost. Now we have to define the characters because everybody now you can break down of where they stood because now that everybody got sucked in because this, this girl creates this whole story, fabricated this whole truth. You got the reverend who's just straight up coon out in society today. <laughs> he was just totally indoctrinated by faith and belief, by the ridiculous, stupid-ass shit he was saying through the whole movie. He's completely submerged in religious ignorance. Right. That represents a certain character or, or, or character type. 
Then you have the girl who really technically was the master magician. Yep. Reason why she was the master magician. Yeah, she's the one that was creating the reality of this universe, and she was able to bring everybody into her subjective realm. She even was the really media God. was manipulated by her story. That's right. Even the media was manipulated. She technically was God because she had everybody controlled. She was pulling the strings on the whole scenario. Then you have Ethan Hawke. Motherfucker, motherfucker seeing shit because of her. That's right. Then you have Ethan Hawke who represents the most average person, most of us who are starting out on that occult path, who at first, you know, you could tell he, they don't, they don't indulge in depth on it, but you could tell he was raised in a faith-based system. He didn't see shit in it. This, this, this will reflect most of us. He didn't really see shit in it. Then he was at a period where for years he was kind of, you, you, you might want to say agnostic, mystic. He didn't really have a belief. You know, he was kind of neutral. He kind of knows there's things out there, but he kind of knew the God shit was bullshit. That represents a lot of us today. And then, like, like Robert Nunes says, as the movie goes on, as he's getting more sucked in, then he faces the challenge we all face on the spiritual path. You get to that fork in the road where you're either going to be consumed or you're going to stay on the path. And he got to that breaking point where it gets to a point in the movie where, like the psychologist tells him, you're getting sucked in, this case is affecting you, and you can see it affecting him. He starts, right. you know, he thinks he's getting forget, paranoid. No, yeah. Don't forget the climax of him being on the crossroads. Oh, he's yes. standing outside, him and the psychologist, and the pastor's there in front of them. And the pastor's saying things, so saying something like things are getting really crazy, this and this and that, you need some form of protection. You know, the satanic mm-hmm. pose might kill you or whatever, but you need some extra higher power. So he stands in front of the psychologist and Ethan Hawke, and he offers them a crucifix, a rose, rosary crucifix. Mm-hmm. And the psychologist is looking at that shit like, uh, I ain't grabbing that bullshit. But Ethan right. Hawke ends up grabbing it, which shows that he, at that breaking point, when he was at the crossroads, he jumped back into faith, which he never had his whole life. But That's because right. of the, 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 the consuming effect of the case, the consuming um, aspect <laughs> of the story and how he was drowned by the fever pitch of this whole climatic created story, he took the crucifix. Mm-hmm. Now, as Brother Benini says, now he goes to a restaurant, he's eating, he looks up and he sees the little old lady up on an advertisement for something. We can't remember exactly what. A bread, <laughs> some shit. And he threw that. He threw and that across the way. Out, oh. And he comes out and looks at the picture and he says, holy fucking shit. He knew at that point this was a concocted story. And this, no bullshit. this character here, this, this lady here on this billboard does not even exist. And we all have seen the same lady in all these accounts, from the father to the brother to everybody seeing the same damn little old lady. Because the girl, mention this, Ravon, because the girl, she's the one, she saw the the character, the advertisement of that lady, she's the one that concocted the story and planted in everybody else that that lady was there. So that's how he knew, because when he he was investigating, she was saying that, yeah, there's this lady there, you know, and she got the idea for the character of the lady in her story from that billboard. So that's when he looked at it and said, holy fucking shit. And what's deep, if you're really paying attention, what's deep about it is 
she made that shit so real that Ethan Hawke, who had nothing to do with the case, he was just investigating it, got so affected by it that he started seeing the same lady in his fucking dream. That's some powerful-ass shit right there. Exactly. And the reason why we told y'all to watch this is because the reason is to understand how easy it is to be manipulated <laughs> and controlled by other people. You may and not think you may not think that you're subjected to that. You may not right. you may think that you're exempt from that. No. It is very easy to manipulate you. And and as simple as this, as you all know, you all know how the subconscious mind is affected. And one of the main ways is a trauma. That's if right. a person has had trauma inflicted upon them and they reveal the story to the media, the media will quickly jump on the story and eat it alive because the media is in business to incite your emotions and to make you illogical and irrational in your behavior and in your thought pattern. So That's right. she quickly, this young girl was not as young as people think. She could have been young in age, but she was wise in mind. Because mm-hmm. she realized that the main thing that would cause a fever pitch in any society is to bring forth an outlandish story of abuse, molestation, and then add some elements of satanic cults ritual abuse and being molested by my father and any, other people. Any anything anything with Satan and she knew that they they were gonna eat that shit up. Right. So mm-hmm. it shows you how anybody can easily be manipulated. So trauma is one of the basic and most uh essential ways to influence the mind. As we know in the shamanic shamanic cultures Around the world, a ritual was enacted for all those seeking higher wisdom, knowledge, and experience. A ritual was enacted by the shaman to cause a traumatic effect on a subconscious mind. Many times they would take a psychedelic drug, um, ayahuasca, for example, in South America, and they would have the practitioner take this this psychedelic, and it would cause an altered state of consciousness, which would allow them to astral travel, astral project. It would cause them to go on a shamanic journey. And they would see these animal totems, totem animals, and they would see their fears as demons and monsters and different things. And the shaman was there to guide him along to confront and overcome these demons, monsters, things of that nature that are hidden in the subconscious mind that have been in place there since you were a young child through traumatic effect, whether it was movies, your parents, um, friends, whatever the case. So something, she knew. You know, mm-hmm. I just wanted to add this in. Something that's very interesting is, Many people don't understand the monsters in your dreams are actually your friends. These are actually aspects of yourself that's trying to help you. Right. 
why it's, if you really if you, understand okay. dreams, if you understand spirits and demons, people will say, oh, but they're demons, they're nasty, they're ugly, they're this, yeah. But ask yourself, why don't they attack you? Uh-huh. See, most of the time these spirits are demons, monsters, whatever, will never attack you. The reason why they don't attack you is because they're not there to harm you. If they were there to harm you, they would have done it a long time ago. No, they're there to help you. They're there because they are an, um, an archetype that you have to confront about yourself for That's you right. to take the next step into the life that you're seeking and the experiences are necessary to get you there. So these archetypes, whether you call them demons, monsters, angels, um, whatever, they really are aspects of yourself projected outwardly from yourself, and they take on the astral energy form of what you consider to be the most hideous creatures, which is really symbolic of the hideous nature of yourself that you are afraid to deal with. And that's, so, that's right. something that actually Carl Carl Jung stated this years ago. He said, "The more repressed, the more repressed a part of yourself is, the more fearful it will come in your dreams as a demon or a monster. The more fearful exactly. it will appear, the more you repressed it." Exactly. And here's, here's, here's something very important with all with all the characters as a whole. When you and and this was the most important point of the movie. When you look at all the characters and, and as it affected them, okay, you saw all of them were struggling with meshing the objective realm with the subjective realm. All of them were affected just a bit differently. Um, again, you had the brother and the grandmother who couldn't deal with the reality of it, so they were losing their sanity. They, be, they were becoming paranoid. They couldn't deal with reality, and it was affecting them so bad that they started creating all these delusional scenarios. Then you, you had the girl, the central character in the movie, who was the master of her realm. She was ruling. She was controlling not only, here's the deep thing, if you really study greater black magic, a master magician not only can control his subjective realm, it can also, he or she can also influence the subjective realm of others. That's some whole other shit we didn't even touch on. This is what this girl was doing. So she was in the she highest was. form of consciousness out of every character in this movie. Then you had Ethan Hawke, who was kind of flip-flopping back and forth. That represents a lot of people in society today. They don't know what the fuck. One day they want to be conscious Egyptian coons. Then they, some reach a certain journey in their path where they get scared. They start tapping into the occult on a high level. It frightens them, so it represented when he grabbed the fucking car. Now all of a sudden they want to go back into faith and belief because they can't deal with the reality. They open the fucking door. Now they can't deal with the reality of it, so they go back. Then you had, my, my favorite was the cop. How many must know the motherfucker? We all know the cop. This this nigga that <laughs> don't want to take a stance on anything. Yeah, well, I'm not saying it's true, but I'm not saying it's false. You know, you got a lot of those people walking around. This was the dude where he, he was just vibrating on such a low frequency that he just like, fuck it. I, you know, I'm not going to take any side. I'm going to play it safe and stay in the middle. How many of us know motherfuckers like that? Then you had the reverend <laughs> who, was, who was super cool. You know, who was just engulfed in faith and belief. The movie also draws a point, which is one of the most important points, how the brain has a systematic way of thinking, a strategic way of thinking. That's when you're working with the subjective realm. When one is able to master that thought process, 
and affect that thought process like this central character, the female, did in the movie, this is the effect that you have. It's the same way that they can, like, you, like when you look at the movie and you see how she concocted the whole story but had a whole state, city, and town believing it, and they was feeling pity for her. They showed people sitting down watching TV like, oh, my God, it's so, that's so terrible. I can't believe they did these things. Meanwhile, all this bullshit, but she was able to bring everybody into her universe, into her realm, and she was able to control it. It's like the puppet, you know, the puppet master pulling the strings of the puppet. And what we should do real quick, the, what, I was, what we did yesterday, Brother Vaughn, doing that little exercise, we should throw that in there now because to show you how easy it is, and, and you guys can front bullshit like you want because I know some people are going to be like, no, that's not what I was thinking. Try, try it on we, the star because I didn't do it on him yet. All right. All right. <laughs> and, and for the people listening, you do it to yourselves while you're listening. All right. And be honest with yourself. Don't bullshit. Don't try to make yourself sound special and deep yeah, and, right. and try to think it out and then type in something. Oh, else. God. All right. Watch this. All right, Brother Sark. Uh-huh. Pick a number from 1 to 10. 3. All right, times that by 9. What do you get? Three times nine. Damn, Three nigga, times nine. Math. This nigga, it's not a trick question, nigga. Three times nine. <laughs> no, I have a brain freeze right now. Oh, shit, you're scaring me, brother. That's, that's 27. All right, now add those two numbers together and give me the single digit it equals. Nine. All right, I want you to subtract five from that. What do you, what do you got? Four. Okay, equate the number four. What would be the fourth letter of the alphabet? D. Okay, you got that. Now, I don't want you to answer these questions. Answer them to yourself now. Think of a country that begins with the letter D. Let me know when you got it in your head. Don't say it. Damn, nigga, you got it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now, the country that you just thought of, the last letter of that country, the country you just thought of, the very last letter. Okay? You got that? Yeah. Okay, I want you to think of an animal that begins with the letter of the last letter of the name of that country. Think of an animal. And and when you get that animal, you got it? All right. Now, the animal that you just thought of, okay, and I hope everybody listening is doing the same thing. The last letter of the animal that you thought of, the very last letter, I want you to now think of a fruit that begins with that letter, a fruit. Got that. All right, you ready? Yeah. Nigga, was was you thinking of a kangaroo in Denmark eating an orange? Hell no. What were you thinking of? Cat, tomato. Nigga, a a cat begins with a C, nigga. Where'd you get tomato from? Oh shit! You said think of a. You said take the last letter, think of an animal, which is a cat. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. Stop, stop, stop. Stop! You messed that up. No, tomato, tomato, tomato is not a fruit. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't think of any. um... This just just shows you how a lot of us are so deep into certain knowledge, but we don't know basic shit like Denmark ends with a K. Correct. Right. 
usually when you think of an animal with a K, what do most people think of? Now, most people type this in because if you were honest enough, you typed it into the chat room. Type it in, you thought of a kangaroo. If you thought of That's a right. kangaroo, then the kangaroo ends with an O. And you thought of That's a right. that, ends, that starts with an O, you thought of an orange. Thought of an orange. And guess 11 got it. Guess 11 got it. You just typed it in. Right. And the whole point of that, see, you weren't thinking because cat doesn't begin with a – cat don't No, you said, you said, like, take the last letter All right, but what country. country what, they, but what country were you thinking of? What was the, what was the name of the country? Well, I don't know yeah, if I would consider this a country, Dominican Republic. I don't think it is. I wouldn't consider it a country. Not, but. Not, the whole name is Dominican Republic. It's right. Not, it's not Denmark. It's the only, there's only a few countries that start with a D, and there's only one country, really, that most people are going to think of that have the name. I guess and D. D- Dominican Republic is, is considered a part of America. No, America. It's, it's its own country, but it's two words. It's not one word. It's two words. That's one. It's got to be one word. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah. understand. But most people, if you're paying attention, it goes to show you that most people systematically, it's a way of thinking. Because, look, bottom line is this. When you, when you take any number, 0 to 10, no matter what you times it by 9, it's going to, be, it's going to equal a multiple of 9. So that's irrelevant. So what that is doing is putting you in a certain systematic thought process. Yep. Either, either, either somebody like you is going to overthink it, or somebody's going to systematically fall right into it. 99.9% of the people think of Denmark, kangaroo, and orange. Let's, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Type mm-hmm. this into the chat room if y'all listening. Type this into the chat room. Here's another one. Um, for those who were in elementary school, you used to read a story of Dick, Jane, and there was a dog. And what was that dog's name? Spot. Mm-hmm. Spell the word spot. Yeah. You spell stop. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Do it. Right. You you have spot. Now, take the word, and you have this little thing that you spin on the ground, and it spins around that starts with a T. What is that? Top. A top. What do you do when you come to a green light? Go, but you're going to say stop. Right. Most people are going to say <laughs> Yeah, most stop. people are going to say stop. I heard that At one. At a green before. light. And the reason why you said stop is because you were already systematically programmed by the word spot, right. top, and those words automatically equate to its opposite, which is, well, it's equal, but it's opposite, which is stop. So your mind systematically already programmed to respond with stop. If you were honest Not, enough, you probably said stop. If you're not only not only not only that you said something else like go. There's like a bridge. There's a bridge that was created between the unconscious and the conscious mind when the words started when the words rhyme with each other. So it's like a bridge that Mm -hmm. that was created that kind of blocked out your logical thinking, which is most likely going to say stop. You know it ain't stop, but when words start to rhyme and shit. That opens up the other part of your mind. Exactly, because it's called systematic programming. And so the movie shows how simple and easy easy it is to program somebody. I'll give you an example. If I tell you that I have a miracle drug for you, let's say a miracle herb, this herb is so profound that your your penis will stand erect for 20 hours, your nipples (laughs) will be erect for 15 hours, 
You'll be right. so wet that you'll be flown like Niagara Falls. You'll be the epitome of sexual liberation, freedom, and power. And I have this drug for you or this, this herb for you. Most of y'all will believe that shit because, right. one, it's playing on your ego. <laughs> Regardless of what y'all religious niggas, super spooky spiritual niggas say, all of us have an ego, and it is necessary for your survival because your ego is your survival basis. And it's also the ego that drives that's, you to even learn this knowledge and information. That's for the niggas who want to demonize the ego. Right. But for <laughs> others, the overbearing ego is the one that we're d- discussing that doesn't allow you to calm the fuck down and listen to some wisdom because you think you know it all because you read five books. Bull fucking shit. So anyway, what happens is this. So now, people real quick, real quick, because I wanna, I wanna just go through that one more time because people typing in, they got the same thing. So real quick, before you continue, and I want other people to try it on other people. We're gonna review it real quick, and I guarantee you, ninety nine point nine percent of the time, you're gonna get the same fucking answer. Just so everybody got it correct, because I see people typing in. I'm gonna repeat it. Write it down. It's real simple. It's it's a test to prove to yourself and the others. Again, what we're talking about now, what Ravana Nunes saying, what we're saying, there's a there's a systematic way of thinking that we're programmed, and it's very easy to subliminally suggest. So again, th- this is how you run the test on somebody, real quick. So you so you're not forgetting run anything out. Ask somebody to pick a number one to ten. We'll do it one more time. Whatever number they pick. Tell them to times it by nine. So no matter what number you pick, it could be 10. Okay, 10 times nine is 90. Three times nine is 27. Okay, six times nine is 54. You get that point. It's always going to equal nine. So once they're done timesing whatever number they pick from one to 10 by nine, tell them to add those two numbers together. Okay, and you might want to write it down. Tell them when they add those two numbers together, what do they get? They're going to get number nine doesn't matter what combination they pick, okay? So now they have the number nine. Then you're going to ask them to subtract five from that number, okay? And then they're going to come up with the number four, okay? So then you ask them to equate that with what is the fourth letter in the alphabet. They're going to go A, B, C, D. Then they're going to say D. So now you're going to ask them questions to keep to themselves. Then you're going to ask them, say, pick a country that begins with the letter D. Most of them are going to be thinking Denmark. It's just the mind's triggered to think that. Then you're going to ask them the very last letter of the country they selected, okay, to think of an animal that begins with that letter. First thing that's going to pop to their mind, K, kangaroo. Then you're going to ask them the very last letter of the animal they thought about, take that last letter and think of a fruit that begins with that letter. O, the mind's automatically going to think of orange. Then tell them you're thinking of a kangaroo in Denmark eating the orange. 99.9% of people will come up with the same fucking answer. Then you'll have some, like, brother I saw, he was thinking because he was overthinking because he thought it was a, we shall play a trick. Where if he just, that's why he was the worst person to do it to. You got to do it to somebody randomly when they're not prepared. Because when you, if you give them a warning and they're prepared, then they're going to try to, they're going to try to overthink. But it goes to show you how easy it is to subliminally suggest. It's the same way how the girl in the movie was able to trigger the illusion of this satanic cult with the imagery. When people see a satanic cult, 
right? What's the first thing people think of what's satanic cult? People dress up in black robes. Right. Black robes, satanic rituals. There you go. There you go. And see, now people typing people type in, they, they, now they got it. You right. understand? And I'll, there you go. This, so I just, which is why we were saying, now, get, get, follow this along now, because this, this pattern, this method we just shared with y'all, and then what we were saying about the movie, and then ping now. Ping pong. Brother of Vada ping pong, ping pong 29 type, and oh, my God, I'm simple. You're not simple. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It just goes to show you. You could you could be on a path for thirty years, one year, two years. Nobody is 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 not affected by it on some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. It, it, there's, there's a reason why we're not we're, we're affected. I mean, the reason why it kind of baffles you that you're affected by it is because mm-hmm. with all the knowledge that you've acquired, with all the studying, we have this mindset that we're infallible, that we're so intellectual that nobody can fool us or, or or run a quick one or fast one by us, but it happens all the time. This is why I was bringing right. up the story that if you were told there was a miracle herb that can give you sexual power, strength, freedom, you know, stamina, and it's been proven to work, and I have testimonials to prove it, and I have clinical studies to prove it, 99% of the people have loved this, the first thing you're going to do most of the time is get that herb because there's clinical studies to say it. There's Whether you know if the clinical study is true or not, because the most clinical studies are paid for and sponsored by the very people who want it to be promoted and, and uh, trying to sell it. So they're going to fund the people, the clinical study, to actually be in favor of what they want to promote. But anyway, that's, that's right. another story. So anyways, so... Now I keep telling you, and I keep promoting this miracle herb over and over and over. You purchase it. It don't work for you. Why didn't it work for you? Why didn't it work for you? The reason why it didn't work for you is because somewhere along the line, your mind already surpassed the benefit of the herb. And what I mean by that is this. It's called the placebo effect. Okay? Right. Placebo effect can work in a various ways. But one of the most common ways about the placebo effect is that if 50% of the people in a trial are given um, this drug and they're told that this drug will cure them of this, 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 that, and the other, they take it. The other 50% are also told that they're receiving this drug and that these are the benefits and they'll cure this, 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 that. But what they're really given is a placebo, uh, what they're given is a sugar pill. How come those same people of the 50% who received the sugar pill uh, had the same benefit as those who received the actual drug? That Mm -hmm. is because your mind, once convinced of anything, will accept it as true in the reality. That's it. Is that your subjective realm can create the actual symptoms to produce the same effect of a drug. Now... This is very important to understand because when dealing with people in today's world, especially in the conscious coon community, they'll convince you of any goddamn motherfucking thing. And <laughs> most people will accept that shit as true and never research the shit. For example, 
Oh, you, the white man stole everything from us. Oh, yeah. that's one. But at the same time, I'm saying that. But we taught the white man everything. Okay? They always, so how did he steal will, it? They always will say, we're the first, we're the original, we're the civilizers, and we taught them everything. But only, only when it comes to certain things. Right. But then all of a sudden... Oh, the white man taught us how to have oral sex. So, see, we shouldn't be having oral sex because we never had oral sex in Africa. Oh, that was not considered man. clean, righteous, and just. That that yeah, is the most spooky thing I've ever heard. But hold on, we taught them everything. This is what they say now. We taught them everything. We who? So, so yeah. how is everything all of a sudden less than everything? And when it comes to that one sexual act, because you're a prude, you're uptight, and you don't want to open your mouth and suck a dick, you all of a sudden are now so self-righteous that you're going to concoct a story and say, well, it wasn't true. We never did that. And then you get a bunch of easily influenced coons to follow you and say, oh, that's right, sister. We never did that shit, sister. It's just like there's this one guy that's on Facebook. I can't think of this motherfucker's name. I don't even care to say his name, but, you know, uh, this motherfucker convinced a lot of women that periods are not natural. That's the thing. Well, the the basic premise... The and basic he's the most of, ignorant motherfucker ever, but go yeah, ahead. But the basic point behind this shit is that you can convince people of anything. And if you're fragile, if you're easily influenced, if you're mm. in an emotional state, if you're depressed or down, you will accept it as true just because one person said it and everybody starts to, vi- starts to jump on the bandwagon and say, that's right, sister. That's right, sister. Now all of a sudden you have 50 women that ain't sucking shit but then your ass is complaining, men are dogs, this and this and that, because you're single and you're lonely. You're single and you're lonely because you ain't doing the shit that you should do to please your she man. That's why right. she ain't doing, she ain't doing they, no all they, 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 need, they need a book on, man, on relationship etiquette, brother. And let me, let me, let me, to, to, to connect with what you're saying, but I, I share this with, with both, both of you guys. I, I got to share this because it's on that same stupid notion and stupidity level, how easy it is. To get somebody to accept something. This shit last <laughs> Saturday. I, I, I right after this happened, I called Ivana Noon oh, yeah, and I told Brother Star. Right this is this has got to be the most ignorant, ignoramus, dumbest shit that I've ever heard in my entire life. But I gotta share this with everybody. I'm in the store last Saturday. As I'm leaving, I'm walking out. I have a, one of my tattoos is a tattoo of Osiris. So I see this chick up by the front, and you know she got her starter starter pro righteous black kid on. You know she got the you know, the natural, and, you know, she just read her first book on Egypt. You can just tell. She was just beaming with newness, you know. Like, I'm a fucking, I just got initiated. I'm an official conscious coon. Oh, don't, don't, don't forget to mention, brother, that you are uh, a light-skinned, melanated brother. Don't forget to yeah. mention that, because that plays a role into this whole story. Yeah, of course. Here. Of course. Yeah, so... Being being fair skinned and mixed with different ethnicities, so I don't I don't qualify. You know I'm not black enough. So you know, people got to be careful. So you know you got to be careful. You touch the wrong motherfucker, you get your ass served to you. So you know, don't don't let that fool you because you could be light, dark, pink, purple. It don't fucking matter. You either know what the fuck you're talking about or you don't know what you're talking about. So this chick feels the need to stop me. And now, mind you, she's with her husband, her boyfriend, whatever he is. They're together though. I I just know this. 
Now, this dude got a look on his face like he's tired of this bitch's shit. You can just tell. Like, he's just waiting for somebody to just shut this bitch up because she comes she comes off as a know-it-all. You can't tell her anything. You can just, you can just tell by her. He don't want to shut her down because he probably don't want to miss out on a piece of pussy later on. Oh, yeah. Well, you can tell. Well, most most of those bitches are freaks anyway. You find out later. We know that for a fact. Most of them, they, 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 them the hoes that will turn you out anyway. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so she goes, yeah, brother, hey, hey. Do you, you know what that symbol on your arm means? So I'm like, is this bitch? Is this bitch for real? So I figure, like, <laughs> you know, I ain't got, I got a minute or two. I'm going to fuck with this chick. I said, I'm going I'm, I'm to suck her into my subjective realm. This bitch don't even know it. So I'm like, yeah, um, well, what do you mean? <laughs> she goes, do you know what that symbol means? I said, well, do you know what that symbol means? I said, that can mean many different things to many different people. I said, you're asking me a very vague question. I said, the eye of Osiris means one thing to a mason, an occultist, a religious person. So you're asking me that question from what perspective? Well, do you know what it means? I said, well, why don't you, you already have a preconceived definition of what it means, and you just want me to say something other so then you can tell me what it means. So why don't we just cut the bullshit and why don't you just tell me what it means? <laughs> so she goes, well, do you know what it means? I said, we've already been through this. I say, no, you tell me what it means. And then we'll go from there. She goes, well, that right there, what that means is beware of the white man. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I looked at this bitch, and I was like, oh, all right, we got a real, we got, she just watched a YouTube video or some shit. I got her fucking, you know, Egyptian conscious coon starter kit. I said, so let me talk about House, this house of cooningness. Yeah. So I said, really? That's what that symbol means. I said, can you tell me where you got that information from, please? Well, that's what they say in Egypt. I said, that's what they say in Egypt? Can you, can you define for me who is the they? Well, you know Egypt. I said, well, Egypt's a very big place. I said, can you point me to an Egyptian text? Can you take me to some type, something that I can research, something where I can gravitate and get a foundation for what you're saying? Anyway, after going back and forth with this for about a minute or two, she couldn't logically give me an explanation. So then she cracked. You know what this bitch's answer to me was? She said, well, where I got it from, that's what they're saying on the streets. I was like, oh, this bitch is fucking stupid. That's <laughs> what they're saying on the streets? I said, who's they? You know they on the streets. I said, listen, sis, let me explain something to you. First and foremost, now, mind you, why this is going on, her man is laughing at him. I'm sitting here clowning his bitch right in front of him, and he's just laughing at this bitch like, like you stupid. And it's like he was waiting for somebody to straight up sun her ass in front of him so he can tell, basically show her, bitch, you don't know everything. And you can tell that's what he was. He's just sitting there with this grin on his face laughing at her ass. So she's getting more pissed off at that. I'm just blocking this dude out because I don't even give a fuck about him. I'm zoned in on her because now I'm psychologically in her head. So I said, sis, they say a lot of things out on the street. I say, they've been saying for years that, that Jesus is a white man. I said, they've been saying for years that Santa Claus is real. I mean, what the fuck does that mean? You know, what, that, 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 that's what they say on the street. I said, look, let me explain something to you. I said, next time you stop somebody, you should be careful who you stop. And second, and the most important thing, know what the fuck you're talking about before you're going to stop somebody and think you're going to prejudge them and think that because in your mind you think you have some type of knowledge that they don't have. I said, you got to be very careful who you stop. I said, I'm just playing games with you right now. I said, this is just fun to me. I said, but you could pull somebody aside, and you got some people that take this shit real serious, and they ain't going to be as nice as I was. You know, mm-hmm. this goes to show you, again, 
what we've been saying, what Ravana was just saying, how fucking easy it is to get anybody to accept anything just because it appeals to here. First and foremost, to their emotions. You understand? Something hmm. that caters to our emotions, we gravitate towards. Think about that, good or bad. If you check this out, I guarantee you, this sister, if I would have broken down even more and sat there and talked with her, she comes from a fucked up background, struggles financially. I can tell because it was all over her. She's been in shitty ass relationships. And what appealed to her is this whole white man's the devil shit. And the white man is responsible for all her fucking problems. And her life and her existence is shitty because it's all the fault of the white man. I guarantee that's a scenario. So what happens is somebody like that, I can cater to their emotions, you, you understand, by, by propagating all that racial shit. Because now I can get up inside and I can get you so emotional. Like, yeah, that's why we're fucked up. Yeah, white people are responsible. That way. Same thing in the movie. The girl used something that would emotionally affect people. And, and what does people hate the most more than anything? The child molestation. Child molestation. And I fucking hate it. And don't confuse that for the show we're going to do next week. Because that's some reality shit. Please don't confuse that shit. Because we're going to expose Bambada. We're going to expose fucking Dr. York. When nobody gets free passes. And another nigga we let get free passes is R. Kelly. Fuck that cone. How in the world do we let him get a free pass? You niggas all participated in watching child pornography if you watched that video. You should feel fucking ashamed of yourself. Okay? And don't tell me that wasn't R. Kelly on the fucking video. And don't tell me he was set up. And that wasn't him. And it was like, <laughs> fuck all y'all niggas with that bullshit. Well, see, okay? it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the system, brother. The system want to take yeah, the black the man system. down. Yeah, it's the system. It's the system of his penis going into little kids. That's the system. Okay? <laughs> the point is, when, it, when, you, when you can uh, get into an aspect or an area of somebody's psyche that draws the emotion on them, that's the effect that you can have on the person. Now, this is one, one, one aspect. We're not talking about how people can use that in a case like we look at, we look at Africa Bambada right now, okay? And the only thing this Negro had to say was, I didn't do any of that stuff. Really? And you went to the white <laughs> media. You went to the white media to do that. You didn't even go amongst your own to clear your name amongst your own. You went to Fox 5 News in New York, okay? You went to Rolling Stone to make a statement. You went to Rolling Stone magazine to make a statement, number two, Okay? Here's the same nigga talking about Africa, the black man, the white man's the devil, Zulu nation. He's strongly affiliated with the Nawapians and Dr. York. There's a connection there, too. Birds of a feather flock together because they was getting down with little boys way back in the day. We're going to expose that shit next week. And based on facts, not opinion. Okay? Oh, oh, oh trust, trust, trust me, if you, if you don't have the stomach for the next show, don't come. Don't, don't tune it's, in. Um, it's going to get nasty, in. nigga. Yeah, don't tune in. And if your feelings, if you're a soft bitch and you're going to take it personal and you're emotional, fuck you, I don't care. Bottom line is this, nobody gets a free pass for hurting children. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't care what great things you think this person has done. And that's part of the psyche of these fucking predators and pedophiles. They create this father-like God complex. and they create like, this they're, like they're some type of savior or something. Exactly. They all have the same persona. And it's the way that they attack. They all, they all cast the same fucking web to lure children in and fucking molest them because they sick motherfuckers. That's all there is to it. Don't make the shit fucking spiritual. Don't give me your white man theories. <laughs> the government set them up. It's just the same thing with Umar Johnson. Umar Johnson just wanted some strip of pussy. That's it. And I can accept that. I ain't exactly. no problem with that. I ain't it's no problem with that. that. 
stop with this black white man shit. I'm so tired of hearing that. It's, it's, it's an excuse. Same thing with Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby liked him some white pussy. That's it. He just couldn't keep his hands off the fucking white he like, he, Now He liked now, drugging on, motherfuckers, you know? Do I, believe, do I believe some of it was concocted? Sure. Because now what's happening there, everybody and their mother wants to get paid. So I'm not saying everybody that comes forward is, is, is telling 100% the truth. But there are some accounts that are factual. And we're talking from experience factor, number one, proof and evidence. We're not talking about theories, motherfuckers just coming out of the woodworks and just making claims. <laughs> Okay, that's a whole nother story. We, we talking about the reality of this shit. And you know what the fucking problem is? Nobody in the conscious community wants to address this. We try to give these Negroes passes because they black. All right? And that shit's got to stop. I don't give a fuck if you're black, you're white, you're Spanish. Nobody gets a pass. Any motherfucker that does that shit to kids needs to be brought to fucking justice. Point blank, period. Fuck the bullshit. Fuck the, well, allegedly. Fuck allegedly. There is tons of evidence on Africa Bambada's ass. His bodyguards coming forward. Some of his core soldiers coming forward. Ravana Noodle get into it next week. He was a member of Zulu Nation. He tell you the shit that he saw. That's funny because um, something that people on the show may not understand. We came from the cult life. Mm-hmm. We were a part of the mind fuck. So we know mind fuck when we see it. That's, That's right. right. This is this is why. This is why some of y'all, most of y'all, may not like us. We know the con when we see it because we were con for many years. That's we right. know the game when we see it because we were played a game against for many years. We know the manipulation for many years. I mean, we know the manipulation game because we were manipulated for many years. Now, when you're under that mentality and you break free, there's nobody who can manipulate you, play the game, or con you ever again. So this is why we bring these things up, because let me tell you something. Just because you're dark skin, brown skin, middle skin, yellow skin, whatever skin, skin, or skin, skin you want to declare or not declare, whatever, that case does not make you exempt from your malicious ways. That's right. Mm -hmm. You can claim to be whatever the fucking hell you want, King Taharka Tahuri Ra'el. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of the day, now, if you, at the end of the day, are fucking around with shit that you should not be fucking around with, your ass should be exposed. Now, let me tell you why we say this. Myself and others out here listening have experienced what it's like to be molested, have experienced what it's like to be sexually abused or anything else. So when we hear other people doing this, it's upsetting that people would justify it, make uh, an excuse for it, simply because, oh, he's one of the godfathers of hip-hop. I don't give a fuck if he was the godfather of fucking the world. That shit is irrelevant because it's, your title does not make you non I mean, does not exempt you from your behavior. Okay. Not only not only that, they attack they attack the victims. Yeah, well, of course, it's it's always easy to attack the victim, because see, when the victim is young, this is the mindset. I'm gonna tell you the mindset, motherfuckers, because I don't experience this shit from people. When the mindset considers that somebody's young, it's the prey and predator victim mentality That's and right. victim taking place. 
That's victimization right. and victim mentality. What happens is children tend to be, on on average, very innocent. Don't get me wrong. You have some little malicious motherfuckers out there, okay? That's not that's not the norm, though. A lot of kids tend to be innocent, okay? And what happens is a lot of these men, and some women too, because y'all women ain't exempt from the shit either. That's right. They um, prey on the innocent because they feel that an innocent mind can be easily molded, groomed, mm-hmm. manipulated, and controlled. Let me say this again. Let me say this slowly again. They feel that an innocent child can be easily manipulated, controlled, groomed, and molded into what they want them to be because they're innocent. Because they're still trying to formulate their own personality. They're still claiming their own identity. You understand? They're still in the basic phases of life. Here, your dumbass comes along and wants to manipulate this child to basically answer your beck and call, to basically do what you want them to do because your dumbass is so uh, dysfunctional in your life that you can't even get a woman or a man of your age, around your age, little older, little young, whatever the fuck floats your boat, but an adult age, okay, of adult age, and don't give me the bullshit. Well, see, in ancient Africa, motherfucker, we're in America, United States of America, the legal age is such and such, wherever state you is, and on and on and bullshit like that. So don't give me all that bullshit because that's back then. This today, okay? Today, today. We're in today. So they come along. And because they've been rejected by every female around their age or whatever, they feel like less of a man. Because they feel like less of a man, they become very emotional, very psychotic. They become very opportunist. And they sense an opportunity with these young children to manipulate them to get what they want because they can't find it with somebody around their age group or around that adult age, okay? So now when you open up a child, a child can sense things more than adults. And that's because they're still closer to the spirit realm than they are to the physical realm because they're still freshly new here, okay? As we get older, we get more socialized. We get more uh, indoctrinated to society we start losing a lot of these abilities, but a child still has it, so they can sense these things. And a child tends to sense that beautiful, innocent part of you and will bypass that shitty part of you a lot of times. You have not never noticed that kids tend to bypass even the worst of criminals. They will look at that person and still see something good in them and talk to them sometimes. That's because they sense that beautiful part of you that you, for a long time, have not even tapped into anymore. You're totally past that part. So because of that, they start to trust this person because they've been programmed since youth, right, since early ages, that parents, adults, are the authority authority figure. And I have to do what they say because if I don't do what they say, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be punished. 
You understand mm-hmm. that that's programming already. You're programming your child. Not saying that's a good or bad thing, but you're programming your child to respond to authority figures, whether they're right or wrong, a lot of times. Now, that's right. what's interesting about this is that if you do the research on this, you'll find out that a lot of these um, predators were family friends, family members, or somebody that was close to the family. They had access to your children for a long time now. And the whole time you thought they were befriending you, they were studying your asses, studying the patterns right. of your, your life so that they That's can right. find a way in. Most of, the, most, of the, most of the time, you know, it's family members most of the time. Yeah. So now understand this. And so what they do is they, they utilize this and they, they threaten the child with punishment tactics. What is the biggest fear of, of a child? To be punished, isn't it? By mm-hmm. their parent, to be punished by their parent, to be whooped, to be whatever. That's one of their biggest fears. So it's easy to find a way in to manipulate these children. Now, what does that say of the character of the person? It says a lot because it says that somewhere along the line, their subjective realm and objective realm, there was a break in reality. There was a break in there that allowed their most primal essence to control them and them not to control their primal essence. On this show, we speak a lot about tapping into your dark side, your dark energy. The reason why we do that is not so you could go buck fucking wild like a baboon humping everything. It's not why we do that. We do that so that you can learn to control that part of yourself and learn to use it to empower yourself, not to be a freaking perv, freaky whore running around all buck wild and loose and then making excuses when you get hurt with something. No, that's not what we do. We say these things so you can empower yourself, learn to break the patterns of how these sexual abusers um, operate, and learn to control your own perversions. By confronting them and dealing with them and understanding them and putting them under your willpower and not being controlled by them. This is why we bring this up, because we listen. We listen. Y'all may not have heard of us until the last few months, the last year, whatever, but (laughs) Vanity and myself have been on this shit for nearly damn 30 years already. All right? Brother Asar been on that shit since he was a young kid. Okay, we've been on this shit for years, and we watched. We've been we talk classes in front of hundreds of people. We talk just because you didn't hear about us does not mean we haven't done this. The reason I say that is because we've been sitting back watching for years the conscious community, watching the fucking watch it grow and develop. Yeah, we've been watching the psychotic, neurotic behavior, the mentality of these people. And we've been watching in the wings how we make an excuse for every goddamn thing our people do. And then we want to blame somebody else. Was it the white man who made Bambada do that? Was it the white Hell man no. who made Dr. York do that? Sure was, was man. man. Yeah. Yeah, it was set up. It was a conspiracy by the government, no. man. No. Here's, here's but, something interesting. Real quick, here's something interesting. I would like to, I would really would like this person to call in on the phone. A little curious about this comment just typed in earlier. I just noticed it now. 
um, guest six types this in. I'm a little, little, little confused. Maybe, maybe we can get some clarity, but from he or she, if they can call in, says, but if we say that, that we experience, that what we experience is part of a soul contract, I'm going to need that term to, to define, then why are we crying about molestation? The question I would have for this person, I would, and if they would like to call in, I'd prefer to talk to them on the phone so everybody can hear their response. Are you saying that you're okay with molestation as part of your soul contract experience? And do you have children? We need to establish if you have children. Because what is, what is your stance on that? Because if you're, if you're making the statement that this is crying about molestation and you're saying that this is part of your soul contract experience, uh, we need to know your stance on what molestation well, is, and then we can I think it. I understand what the person is saying, because all right, everybody's here to experience what they're here to experience, and that is true. Everybody's right. here to experience, even if we don't agree with it, even if we don't like it, even if well, we don't understand it. So we're not bypassing what we said in other shows. That doesn't mean, we always said, that doesn't mean I have to accept it or agree with it, Okay. So if a person is here and their, their perp, one of their purposes is to do that for whatever experience they need, yeah, that's their purpose. That doesn't mean I'm fucking congratulating them. That doesn't mean I'm promoting it. And that doesn't mean that I'm holding a banner saying, yeah, nigga, that's the soul contract shit. Let me do that shit. Yeah, nigga, do that shit. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> right. But so, my, my, my thing is I just want to know that where that individual stands on that because the second part of the statement, I get that, I get that part. Because any, anything that we go through is an experience, good or bad. That's not what I'm questioning. What I'm questioning and, and, and would And would they be saying the same thing if it was their kids? That's my whole point. What is your stance on it? And if you're using the term crying about molestation, if I'm wrong, that's why I'm saying I give this person the opportunity to call in and express themselves. If I'm wrong, okay, then correct it because it sounds like you're a sympathizer with molestation. And you're saying that that justifies uh, molestation based on that. Now, the other question is when we dig deeper, if each individual creates their own reality, that may not be a part of the experience that people, we, we accept and reject what we want. We accept and reject what we want as reality, what we want as fabrication. So each individual is going to have their own perception on what molestation is. And I, I understand if somebody's been molested, that's part of the experience, good or bad, that they were affected with. That part I get. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not questioning that part. I'm just saying sometimes we make statements, but we don't want to take a stance on something. We want to play that neutral shit, and we want to sit there and throw statements out. It sounds deep, but the individual don't want to commit to something. But so let I'm me just, I'm just this. Let me ask this, because I'm, I'm going to see if, if guest six understands this or not. All right? What is your purpose, first of all, for learning everything you learn? Is it to justify your behavior or to master your behavior? Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Understand mm -hmm. that shit. Let me repeat that again slowly for those who missed it. What is your purpose to learn all this occult, metaphysical, alchemical, tantric, whatever fucking financial information, whatever you want to call it, that you need to float your boat to make you feel good in some kind of way? What is your purpose for learning all of that? Is it to justify your behaviors or to master your behaviors? The dark side is not to justify your behavior. It is to learn to conquer your behaviors, to learn to master your behaviors and not make an excuse 
for your behaviors. Exactly. That you can never say, um, well, you know what, I did that, and I hurt and molested a child, and that was part of my experience. Yeah, your experience was to allow your animal self to control you and for you to let loose that primal chaotic energy and not master and create a new you. So, Because otherwise, what is the purpose of learning all this shit if you're just going to justify illicit behaviors or any kind of behaviors, whether you accept it, not accept it, whatever, if you don't go on this journey to master self, then what well, the brother, it, 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 it don't matter. It don't matter, brother. Because hold on, that's some human shit. What is the purpose? I'm yeah, yeah, that's some human <laughs> shit. What is the purpose of being on a journey in the first place if all you're gonna do is the same shit you did before it? Here, here, exactly. here, 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 let me tell you something here. about prison. Let me tell you something about prison. Let me tell you something about being a cult groups and different things like this. Whatever you were before you came in, only makes you better at that shit. When That's you're right. in what you're in. So That's right. let me tell you something. We were in a in a in a religious occult cult organization kind of shit for years. The niggas who was the the best of hustlers on the street only got better at They became better. That's right. Now they, they have some more on. consciousness and through that consciousness they learn to manipulate the minds of others even better. You had those right. who were <laughs> good at you know, whatever, herbs and all that shit, they only got better and stronger and learned how to use it in different ways. That's all this shit does a lot of times is That's it right. only gives you the ammunition to Here, get better here's, at your behavior. Here's behaviors. another thing, real quick. Here's another thing on that same note, behaviors. Here's another thing. And I, and I asked this question. Another, another statement that was typed in earlier, real quick. Same person uh, questioning the age of the girl R. Kelly was in the video with. Watch this shit. All right, Dr. York. And we know this for a fact. I can give you one. Habiba Washington was 17 years old, which is legal age in the state of New York. He impregnated her in his 50s. That was one of his mates. Now, until you niggas have a 16, 17-year-old daughter, tell me your ass would be okay with your daughter coming <laughs> home who's 17 years old with a 52-year-old man saying she's impregnated <laughs> and they're together. And if you say that you're cool with that shit, you're full of fucking shit. Point blank. <laughs> and I've heard niggas go, well, back in Africa. Now, I would accept it if you had a daughter that was 17 years old and got impregnated by a man in his 50s, then I would say I can fully accept your answer. So don't, again, that's a bunch of bullshit. See, so nigga, I hear niggas nigga, dance around nigga, 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 this nigga had This nigga had women that were 17 years old. I can give you the names. You can look up the kids. He impregnated yeah, even 17 even, even as young, year old even girls. Hold on, hold on one well, second. Hold on. This is my uh-huh. point. He impregnated 17- and 18-year-old girls, even if they were of legal age. I'm bypassing the legal age bullshit. Now we're going to get to a point of how it affects you personally. If you were the person that was the father of that girl in the video of R. Kelly, whether she was 16, 17, whatever state, because some in New York, 17 is legal age, other states it's 18. If you were the father of the of Habiba Washington, who was 17 years old when Dr. York impregnated her, and she had a kid by Dr. York, tell me you niggas would be cool with that shit. If you said yes, you're full of fucking shit. Because you're saying that based on the fact you ain't got a 17-year-old daughter that got impregnated by a 50-something-year-old man. So stop the bullshit. See, again, what I'm trying to say is people don't want to take a stance on nothing because they think it's going to limit their spirituality or how much knowledge they think they got. <laughs> you understand what I'm getting at? 
Because I'm going to tell you this straight up. I don't give a fuck because that's my realm, my world, my reality. My daughter ever comes home with a, if, if I have, I don't have a daughter, but I can tell you this, I have two sons. First and foremost, I got a two-year-old and a 20-year-old. Anybody ever touch my son, better fucking get as far away from me as you can because I'm coming for your ass. <laughs> Number two, if I ever see Africa Bear Bottom on the street, I'm punching him straight in his shit because he's a piece of shit garbage. You can call it whatever you want. That's the reality. You understand? And if I did have a 70-year-old daughter that got knocked up by a 52-year-old dude, I'm fucking that nigga's ass up. Point blank. <laughs> That's it. Bottom line, there ain't no negotiating that shit. There ain't no getting around. You can come with all of the, well, the how old was the girl? You can yeah, come with whatever spiritual shit that you want. In my universe, that's my universe. You ain't got to agree with the shit, and that's fine. That's not what we talk about. All I want to know is where people stand on these issues. Don't fucking play the fence and go to Spookville. Where do you stand? If you're going to make statements like that, <laughs> do you, are you saying molestation is okay based on that fact? That is part of the soul contract? Or are you just saying, hey, fuck it, it is what it is. That's all I want to know. I just want to know where you stand on that shit or anybody else, for that matter, and that to, it feels like that. And to be even uh, more precise, you know, Dr. York. Dr. He Port, yeah, dealt, he, <laughs> he not only dealt with 17-year-old girls, he dealt with them as young as 12. Yep. Shit, younger than that, nigga. Try even younger than that, yeah. Okay, so you mean to tell me you, you, a nigga's going to be okay? You have a four or five-year-old child. You okay with a man in his 20s and 30s, annually violating three, four, you, or five-year-olds? Not, not, not only man, that, you, on, you know what really come on, man. Twist, twist, you know what really turned my stomach on, about man. this shit? Is you, you are friends, your right, you, you fucking your right-hand man's kids. How the fuck you do <laughs> shit like that? Right. Your right and the thing, man. The dude and the that thing, fucking take bullets for your ass. Well, exactly. You fucking molesting thing, his kids. That's right. And the thing that it boils down to, just like we were talking about in the movie, they all have a systematic way based on the web that they cast by drawing you in to the story that they created. You understand? And the same thing that these predators do. They, they create that persona about themselves. They are father figure. Or they some godlike messiah, masonic figure. All of them have the same story. They they always are, are looked up to, uh, you know, father figure or a missing adult figure in that person's life. They all have a pattern. That's the shit we're attacking here. That they utilize that for their personal gain, and not in that process they've mentally fucked a lot of people up. You understand? And I'm just telling you this from an outside perspective. I I've never been molested, so I ain't I ain't speaking right. well, it from I ain't speaking this, this it for... thing. People can easily, a lot of times, will speak because they weren't molested. So, they, of course, they're going to easily, you know, say, oh, well, you know, they're going to uh, justify it with over-intellectualizing it, over-spiritualizing exactly. it, over-occultizing exactly. it. Exactly. They're going to try to find any which way to wrap their mind around it to, uh, uh, um, you know, seem deeper and make it deeper and more spiritual than what it really is. It's it's not that. If you've been molested, you wouldn't be even singing the songs that we hear some of these people singing. You wouldn't be exactly. saying that shit because you don't know what it's like at an early age to have your life when you're still molding and shaping your life and creating 
and, and, and coming in contact your with your personality, maybe. your root chakra is not even fully deformed. I mean, uh, deformed. That's right. Your root chakra is not even fully formed as far as activated properly. And here comes somebody because of their uh, low self-esteem, their insecurities, their traumas, their bullshit, their their demons that they never dealt with, and they're going to take advantage of you. That's advantage of you. Stop Fuck right there, real quick. Stop, stop right there, real quick. Advantage before I forget. That's the principle that I'm questioning. It's never whether it's molestation, whether it's rape. It's never acceptable for anybody forcefully against their will to be sexually abused. A sex act should be consensual. Yep. That's the act of a question. And now, again, I just want to reiterate this. I, I'm speaking from a lot of people I know that have been. I never have, but I've seen the damage and the effects when you forcefully do something like to somebody psychologically. These people have intimacy issues, trust issues. They can't function. That's the damage and effect. That's the shit that I'm attacking and questioning because this is what creates these traumas that you're talking about right now, Brother Ronanun. And some people can get bypassed. It takes years. But the other fucked up part about it is some people don't. So I can't accept the reality that it's just it is what it is on that sense when somebody was forced or coerced against their own will and subjected to that. That individual should be held accountable. Point blank. Interesting because for, for me being molested, I went to therapy for years for this shit, right? Here's something my therapist taught people. She said, did you know that the, the victimizer was doing their best thinking at the moment they did it? Now, that sounds strange to people. Well, what the fuck you mean? Simple. They were doing their best thinking because all they were thinking about was their, um, their desires. And their desires magnified and clarified every thought process they ever had to the point that they had premeditated the act of what they were going to do. In the process, though, you become the victim who has to catch the blunt of what this person is enforcing upon you. Did you know that many children who go through this black the fuck out? Did you know that many children, not only do they black out, some astral project, some do anything possible to escape the pain that their body is experiencing at the moment. That's right. Now, myself, I can't remember a lot of the shit that was done to me. All I can remember is that I ended up in the hospital and that they, sh- they showed that there was signs of actual penetration and different things like that. Now, whoever the fuck wants to justify that, I will tell them, well, unto you there, and laying on that bed and feeling that pain and then trying to deal with this mind and how can somebody you've been taught to trust that is your family that you've been taught to put your trust in that's right. can possibly do this to you and then the right. mental effect that that can have on you and then you come up with a statement, well, isn't that a part of your soul contract? Whether it is or fucking not, the part, the problem right. is that you can't justify something like that. That's it. Exactly. That's my whole point. The, the reality is that the victim and the victimizer 
have now experienced something that forever changed both of their lives. And you know, and you know what? On that note, and you know, what would be a part of that motherfucker's soul contract that did it. If I found them, ass whooping that they'd never forget. That'd be part of their soul contract because I leave that motherfucker half beaten, half dead, and that ass whooping that they would get would be part of their soul contract, point blank. Because right. like now, I said, if, hey, hey, if we ever, I'm, if we ever see. Africa bambada in the street. Uh, any nigga see him, run up on him, punch him in his shit. And if you now, side with that nigga, leave your kids at his house. Now, check this out. For people leave your kids at his house overnight. Here's, for people who've been molested, though, here's the problem that they face. This is the shit that people don't understand. Because you've been molested, do you, un, do you know that most of the time the people who've been molested or raped start to identify with the mind of the victimizer? That's and they right. try to mm-hmm. understand why the victimizer did that shit to them. And they sympathize. Right. And they, a lot of times they sympathize why that took place. And the reason why is because in that fucking moment, there was an exchange of men- mental energy between the two. And they start to feel the pain of that person. That's why it's hard for a lot of them to accuse that person. Although their whole very vibration, their whole energy wants to do it, it's hard for them to do that because you are confused at that very moment. Oh, yeah, and it's a, and the, you know, and, it, and like you said, it's usually it's usually a, a family member that you're very close to that you actually okay. love. So you're right. like, why are they doing this to me? Exactly. That's right. And so this is what we're saying because – we always on this show, we'll talk about the occult, we'll talk about this, but we also know that in this situation, all of these avenues of knowledge and these definitions, whatever part you define yourself as, people will always try to justify the behavior of a leader as if the leader mm. is exempt from, from that's anything right. and everything that you as a common folk are subjected to. It's, no, it's not. Any, it, any motherfucker that come and tell you that they're exempt from any form of judgment, that motherfucker crazy. Yeah, but that's, but that's but think about all these organizations, whether it's Zulu Nation, Wapians, they all place themselves, like you just said, Brother Ramana Noon, in that cult-like God status. They create that persona. So automatically, when these allegations come out, you say, oh, hell no, there's no way that person... Cause They've already stamped in your subconscious mind how superior they are. They've created this illusion. They always set the tone that you're here and they're way above you and that your only key to salvation is by way of through them. And then they create this persona about them. That, that, that's how they cast the web. Yeah, see, the shit is, this has been happening forever. For you comedic conscious coons, by the way, this shit has been going on forever. See, we we want to identify these problems, situation now, and then say, oh, well, you know, um, that's part of what the white man taught us how to do, that bull fucking shit. Listen, listen. You know <laughs> why this shit keeps occurring? Because it's in motherfuckers' DNA, dude. That's it. That's it. Listen, it's in your motherfuckers' DNA for people to do this to children, to do this, these acts of beast-like nature acts. It's in your very DNA and has been done in Africa all the way to today. No, the white man didn't teach you how to molest a child. Motherfuckers, no. 
you guys were doing this shit in Africa thousands of years ago, too. Don't believe the shit. Go research that shit indefinitely. Not what these conscious coons tell you. What you find out from digging up enough information, you will see. In Kemet, in Kemet, the average age of the female and the average age of the man in marriage was 23 for the man and 14 for the female. What the fuck is that? Yep. Yep. Now, you may cry cry wolf and say, oh, but see, that was the culture. That was a part of what we did. Yeah, just like polygamy and all these broke-ass niggas want to be polygamous and, you know, I'm a polygamous <laughs> master and, you know, it's a part of yeah. our culture to have four wives. No, nigga. Niggas yeah. can't even support yeah. himself, but he want to he wanna get yeah, niggas, many wives. Niggas, niggas, the niggas, thing, selling, they're niggas DVDs and incense and oils on the corner yeah. and shit. But they're quick to say, <laughs> they're quick to say, oh, well, you know, I'm a man and it's part of our culture and I can have four wives. Yeah, but if you dig far enough, you will find out the original form of polygamy, a woman had more than one husband. Ooh, you That's don't right. like that shit now, huh? Because then no. you just be a little dick nigga. That's it. You wouldn't be no, no fucking main man. You'd be the side nigga. Yeah. Yeah, now you can't handle that shit, right? You can't handle being a side nigga, but you can have side chicks, or you can have extra wives because of your fucking extra horny hormones that you don't know how to put it under control, so you want to justify and say, well, it's part of our culture. Yeah, just like our culture in certain tribes, the men once a year go fucking uh, put their penis in the ground and fucking ejaculate in the earth, because that's supposed to fertilize the earth. You know really? what kills me, though? You know what kills me? When niggas make that statement, it's a part of our... Why, why do these motherfuckers act like they was living back in those times and shit? <laughs> like, like, like if it was back there. Here's a person making that statement in 2016, and they're living in some city or some state somewhere. They're living in New York, Philly, D.C., Miami, Carolina, whatever. You're making that statement. See, I can't, I can't validate that shit. You don't, get me to va- don't, don't try to get me to stamp that validation. If you was in those terms... Then I could, all right, you know what you're talking about. If you, if you could produce the same situation and, and the outcome was successful and you lived it, then I can respect that. But niggas make these statements. Like, for an example, we, we know Negroes that are polygamous in New York, and they got two and three wives, six, seven, eight children, and this nigga's idea of preparing the future for him and his family, he's out on the corner selling incense and fucking DVDs and shit. Okay, see, see, I can't relate to that. You understand? To me, that's you can't sell that. Not, to me. A, not, a, a not only that, not only that, his his so-called wives, because you know they're not legal. His so-called well, that, wives. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm you, saying. His so-called wives. He got them pulling in welfare to yeah, take care yeah, of their Yeah, they're collecting welfare check, living in a two-bedroom apartment somewhere in Brooklyn, and his nigga selling incense and DVDs, and he wants to sit there and gloat how he got three and four mates, and this nigga can't even put cheese on a fucking sandwich. Now, see, I can't, I can't, I can't relate to that. You understand? Because what that tells me is, like Brother Ravana Newman just says, just, just be real with yourself. You're trying to cater to your horny needs, and you're hiding behind culture and knowledge to justify it. That's all. Bottom line, that's all. Don't even sugarcoat it. Don't try to well back in our culture. Nigga, you wasn't living back then. You lived in 2016. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? So don't come from that perspective as if you was living. Because back then it was fucking a certain way. There was reading, drinking, dancing, dressing a certain way. Not only that. A lot of these cultural Negroes still want to put on dashikis, and they still want to back-in-the-day syndrome. That's another sickness we got mentally as people. 
that we want to live back in the day. And Dr. <laughs> Edward Guzman, who we've had on this show a multitude of times, made one of the most profound statements ever on this show. He said, we have to take all of that information, not just of ancient Canada or Egypt, of all these ancient African civilizations, and we need to update it in this day and time. He said, until we do that, modernize, until we do that, it's all for naught. That's all I'm trying to say. Right, because it's very easy to quickly have a... um, a bypass, let's say, where your answers for everything was that was in our culture. You know how I know this? Shit? Exactly. You know That's how right. Benidi knows this in the side? Because we used to say that shit years ago. That's we right. Yeah, we used to say that shit all the time. We used to be the same nigga saying, Yeah, baby, you know, that was a part of our culture, baby. Yeah. Shit, we was walking in supermarkets shit, where. We were walking in supermarkets wearing fezes and African attire, and people would come up to us. Exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> Uh, don't, forget the, don't forget the Jesus sandals, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Jesus sandals, man. Stab. You know, we, did, we did the whole. <laughs> now, you might think in your mind, I'm being so African and I'm making, I'm, I'm, I'm setting an example. Look, I'm not saying you can't wear that shit, but sometimes it's not what you're wearing, it's how you're wearing the shit. Because just because you put the shit on, don't mean you got it all figured out. That's all I'm trying to say. And again, like what Bob is saying, that's coming from people that experience this shit. I like, wore Rakim, that shit like, like, yeah. like the God Rakim said, it's not where you from, it's where you at. Where you at, nigga. That's Remember all I'm trying that to say. Man, man let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you, I motherfucking wore a fucking Namus and a fucking robe. <laughs> I that was like, like, yo, no, what no, the fuck like was I wearing? Yo, <laughs> that nigga looked like Pharaoh broke ass the second and shit. <laughs> but not only that, now, this is the shit now. So we in this meeting, right? This meeting, there's this group here in Orlando, right? An African group here. So we went to the meeting. I end up going, showing up to the meeting. The brother, Asar, is already there before me. So I come in. My eyes open wide because I see this nigga. This nigga got the fucking moves on. He got the fucking apron on. He got the fucking, like, fucking... Like, so Yo, I actually right? wore that shit in public. <laughs> Not only that, no, but check this. Now it gets, the story gets juicier, though. So now this nigga is sitting there, right? The meeting's over, and everybody starts. You know how niggas do it. Meeting over, everybody wants to congregate. You know, so this nigga... Look at the pussy and shit, you know what I mean? Hold on. He going to Mac mode. This nigga is trying to fucking Mac on the ladies with a fucking Namus on. A fucking <laughs> Talking about whole pep, baby. Hotel. I'm the God. Pharaoh, get truth. that ass a second. Yeah, I'm, I'm God's fine truth. I descended from the celestial heavens. What's your name, baby? I'm like, what the fuck is this nigga doing, dude? So I pull him to the side. I say, yo, bro, bro, you really wearing that shit, man? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah. So, you know, he got a little attitude. <laughs> so he said, fuck, I'm going to prove y'all wrong. I'm going to get all the numbers in here. So this nigga said, he back out there, back out there as the Pharaoh mode. Mackin'. I'm just shaking my head the whole time like, God damn, I'm happy I'm getting past this shit. Because at that stage, I was ready to break loose from all that dumb shit. You understand? And I was like, uh-uh. I can't be like that no more. But we did that shit. We tell you this because we understand we were in that mentality knee fucking deep, son. We were in that shit looking out. And we understand what it's like to break that mentality. We understand what it's like to now understand 
that everything they tell you not to do these conscious coons is the very shit you should be doing. Man, we we right. it's funny. We used to we used to go to fucking other groups meetings. We'll go there, we'll listen to the shit they teach. Then we'll get up and we'll start teaching and we'll take their followers to our class. That's right. That's the right. type of shit we used to do. We used to piss motherfuckers off because we used to take all their <laughs> pussy out of their class. Yeah, and see, but that's, that's the right. We understand this whole mentality. That's why we share that with y'all. It's about confronting your shadow selves. It's about hmm. realizing that we easily all, no matter how intellectual we are, no matter how much wisdom we have, can easily be programmed, can easily be hitting it, uh, put under a hypnotic spell that simple. You don't believe it? Trust me. Drive down the street and you're hungry. And notice how you see every goddamn restaurant that you never saw before. That's true. And you'll see mm. it because every restaurant is using the colors red, yellow, green, but those are usually the three main colors they use. Think of Pizza Hut, red, right? Think of McDonald's, red. Think of Burger King, and not only, red. And Think you of smell red. certain foods, you'll start to smell them, too. That's another yeah, thing. Yeah, you'll start to smell them really strong because your senses are heightened when you're hungry, okay? And all these uh, symbols are projecting to your subconscious mind, which is then producing more bodily reactions, and it mm. makes you want to seek eating something that you even normally wouldn't eat, but because you're hungry, you're going to go there. And this That's is right. how simple you are. it can be to be programmed. That's right. It's simple. You can be watching, uh, oh, no, you can be listening to a song. First time you hear this song, you can't stand it. It's the stupidest, dumbest-ass song you ever heard. Six months later, you're singing the fucking same damn song you hate. <laughs> That's How right. the fuck did this song get in your head that repetition? The repetition hook of that song, the hook line of that song plus the bass, right? And usually the bass catches you because it opens up your root chakra. And then the repetition hits you in your brow and crown chakra area. And, and you know what song, brother, they just had like that? You know what song they just had like that, Ravonna uh, Mill? Uh, uh, what's your name? That just had it out not too long ago, Dutton, most annoying fucking song. And every, every retard in the world was singing it, Hotline Bling by Drake. That was the most stupidest <laughs> fucking retarded-ass song I ever heard. He had all these retards, old, young, middle-aged kids, because they constantly played it on the damn radio <laughs> like every 15 minutes. Exactly. And it, it was repetitiveness. And that's how simple it is to program you. Now, you really want to understand dark magic, dark sciences. Understand that in order to really be in control of yourself, to master self and conquer self, which is the real work of magical work, occult work, you have to really go in there and decondition and reprogram your mind. So that means you have to create rituals that counteract all the things that you're affected by every day. Every day that you're bombarded by, you have to create rituals that can counteract these very uh, things that you, no matter if you want to or not, are going to be influenced by it. Y'all you know, you, claim all you want to be fucking Tahuti. I don't give a damn. You all know that you ended up singing a song you don't like. If you're that <laughs> powerful and that strong and that mastery, 
then why did you end up singing a song you don't like? Because it's simple. They understand how the mind works. They understand the pattern of the mind, and they understand right. how to program the mind by subtle things such as sounds, colors, vibrations, frequencies, smells, right. things of that nature. That That's is right. the most primal way to program a mind. It ain't all this deep shit. Oh, the Illuminati is doing all this shit. Yeah, brother. Trails Jay, Jay-Z is in the Illuminati, brother. That's what the fact <laughs> is. It's, it's simple. Jay-Z is a mason. They don't don't need none of that um, shit. All they need to do is put a song into your head, and you can easily react to that song, and you can easily be controlled through that song. It's that easy. There's there's another example of this mind control that we experienced it, you know, when we were, you know, Wapians and... um, you know, niggas started having dreams. You know, we was taught about Yanun or Inky and motherfuckers like that. We started having dreams about the motherfuckers. Niggas started seeing. Um, niggas started saying, "Hey man, I had yeah. a dream about Inky, man. Inky, I had yeah. a vision, nigga." And you know what I used to ask those Negroes? You know what I used to ask those Negroes? And you're right. I go back to 1998, 97 is when all that shit was going on, right? Here's to show you this. This confirms that theory. Because half of those niggas never even heard of Anu, didn't even know what Anu was or the Anunnaki, right? And then all of a sudden, when it was introduced to them, like you just said, brother, so all of a sudden everybody started having dreams about Anu and Enki and yeah. Leo. So I asked them today, let me ask you a question. How come you never had any dreams about Anu, Enki, or Leo prior to you started learning about them? To show you once the subconscious mind is influenced, very easy to get in there and make suggestions and start to create those fucking illusions. Very easy to do that shit. Because, like you just said, none of them ever had any experiences prior to that, but now all of a sudden it's just the same way Not that Dr. That. Blair... But Dr. Blair Most would say this. They didn't even You're, hear the name Anu prior to anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. But just think it's the same way where you have a certain type of day. Good or bad. Great things could have happened to you that day. You, you might have had a great time, uh, great experience with people, friends, family or something really bad could have happened to you that day, right? And now, whether you have a certain level of trauma, now let's, let's also say this, all trauma isn't bad. You have good trauma that affects you in a good way. So now you have good or bad trauma, because trauma is anything that affects or impacts you. So that could be good or bad. Let's establish that. Not all trauma is negative. When we say you're bullshit, we're talking about that negative trauma personally to you. I want to stress that. So you go to sleep at night with that, thought pattern on your mind. Your dreams are going to be affected by that trauma that you experienced throughout the day, especially if it was intense and it really affected you. It's the same way. This is how these niggas introduce this shit like that. It's how they, this is how they uh, put it into practice. And then all of a sudden you start but, reading about shit. Now all of a sudden you start, you start having uh, dreams and, and now you have visions. Now, yeah, in a sense, you're creating that reality but you have to understand that confirms what we were saying in the very beginning of the show when, when we were discussing the breakdown of the movie. This goes to show somebody who doesn't know how to control their subjective realm, and when they try to mesh that over to their objective realm, that's where they get fucked up. See, the mistake that the person makes is trying to take something from their personal subjective realm and bring it into the objective and convince you of it as a reality. I'm not, saying, I'm not, I'm not questioning the fact that you had dreams with our new and Enki. See, people get that twisted. 
what, what I am saying is, see, that was part of your subjective realm. That was a reality to you. You can't bring that into my objective realm and convince me that it's my reality unless I allow you to, and I accept it. That's the well, whole fucking point. Check this out. Check this out. So, considering everything we're saying, some of y'all may be asking, well, how the hell do we reprogram our minds? Give us an example. Okay. Well, here's one. Let's say you have problems remembering your dreams in the morning. Okay? Most of y'all sleep in a bed, I hope. Can't say if y'all do or not. I no, you got, you got some niggas sleep on basement floors and shit. Yeah. Well, 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 the niggas, the niggas like, that live fine. their culture, but the niggas that live their culture, since it was in their culture, they probably sleeping on cots and fucking... Stacks of fucking, you know, yeah. because see, they back in the day in our culture. That's it's natural, brother. They so see hammocks, you know, things yeah, like yeah. that. That's fine. Nah, but anyway, nah, so this... if you're in the bed, right, you lay down. What you can do is take a construction paper in a bright color, let's say red, yellow, green, whatever, whatever color you're attracted to. That's a bright color. Write the word in big letters. Remember. And tape it to something that you can you know that when you first wake up you're going to see. Now, mm-hmm. when you tape it there, say that word. Remember, three times, seven times, nine times, twelve times, whatever fucking number you like, your favorite number. There is no magical number that is the cure to all. Whatever number you like, that's your favorite number. Repeat that word. Remember on wherever you taped it. Look at it while you're saying it. Okay. And then you say, the last thing you say is, I will remember when I get up. Okay. First thing you do when you get up is you're going to see that very same word there on that paper that you taped up near you. Remember. And automatically, your mind has been programmed. You programmed it to remember what you dreamt about, thought about, or whatever while you were asleep. Then... For your purpose, have a dream journal or a journal nearby and write down everything you remember. It doesn't have to be in order. Just write that, write down everything. That's a one simple way to start reprogramming your mind. It's that simple. That's it. Because I think- we're constantly bombarded with programming and conditioning that you have to find ways to combat that. And those are some of the ways, simple steps to take to start doing that. And right. you will be you will find that it's effective and you'll be able to create other things that's going to help you. For some of y'all that may have an exam, right? Let's say it's a Spanish language exam. Tape up the words everywhere in your house on some cue cards and everywhere you walk you see these words and you look at them and you have the definition underneath. And you do that for a week straight before the test. By the time the date of the test comes, you won't even have to study. That day. You know how people be cramming two hours before the test? You won't have to. Your mind's already programmed. Although you're going to stress and say, oh, shit, I can't remember nothing. The day that test comes and those words are seen on that paper, it triggers everything. And you will remember everything. And for all you Negroes that got small penises, just put everywhere around the house, I got a big penis. And when you walk around the house, <laughs> read it. And you will convince yourself. Now, nah, let me stop joking. But what I think we should do, because <laughs> I realized it was damn near 11.15. Uh, let's let's see if we could uh, maybe get a few questions in. Uh, I think we covered we we covered a lot and we kind of, we kind of tapped into part of what we're going to talk about next week because it kind of ta- it kind of tied into what oh, yeah. we're about. 
You know, next so week is connect. next week is going to be a stomach twister. Trust me. Next week, next week is Judgment Day. It's called grilling niggas ass. That's what that shit's called. Next week. <laughs> hey brother, you, uh, hey, you no, have the conscious. You got you got have the conscious people that come out. You're not supposed to judge. Well, I don't give a fuck. If I get, hey, look, look. Before you call conscious people, call judging. if you want. Yeah, well, exactly. Let me say this real quick. Judging. If you didn't judge you would not know which pair of shoes to wear that day or the next. That's right. Judging is what allows you to make decisions in your life. So whoever tells you that you shouldn't judge is only telling you something because they're trying to control you. That's the mentality of not judging. It's a very religious, right, exactly. right-handed, light-sided, blind-sided mentality. You so, judge so I, every second of the day. You judge. I got to use... It's I gotta use, I gotta use the back in the day, brother. In our culture, in our tribal culture, we were the judge, executioner, and jury. What happened to that shit? Right. You can go to all of these tribes. See, see, niggas will say some stupid ass shit like that, but I can go to, I can go to various different tribal cultures in various parts of Africa, where the village had a council, and the council was the judge, the jury, and the fucking executioner. They didn't judge that shit by no religious laws and no spook god in the fucking sky and none of that shit. They judged it based on how their society was set up. They had rules, regulations, and guidelines, and they were the judge, jury, execution. See, you know, you know what those back-in-the-nigger cultural niggas like to do? The same thing Bible-toting, pork-eating Christians like to do. They like to pick and choose what suits them. When a Christian wants to get his point across, they go to the Bible to pull something out. When you find something that contradicts it, they don't want to talk with you no more. You're a heathen, you're a devil, and you're not saved. It's the same thing with these conscious cones. When they want to justify their bullshit, they want to go find something. Back in ancient Egypt, as if the Negroes was there, and they wasn't, back in ancient Egypt, we used to do this. We used to do that. This is the same Negro that's sleeping on a portopedic bed, living in a house, got cable TV, all, all of the luxuries and accommodations of this era. So, nigga, if you want to live back in the day, get rid of all of that shit. Go live somewhere that's very primitive so you can have the experience. See, I can't take that statement serious when you're living in the plush luxuries of 2016. If you live in, I don't give a fuck if it's just a basic apartment or a room you're renting. That's not the shit how they was living back in the day, my brother or my sister. So don't talk to me about back in the day shit. Why don't we? What do you think now? 2016. That's all I want to know. And and I should say this is very, it's very funny when someone, you know, I guess I could say this: when you see people that are in this conscious community that come off as teachers, but they don't want to be challenged, it's because the shit that they say has no foundation, and they could crumble within a matter of seconds by somebody who really knows what the fuck they're talking about. And you know what? People, all, all those, all, I'm sorry, all those people that you, the aforementioned, those are over-intellectualized Negroes. See, once you start questioning that, and we start coming at them with metaphysical concepts and alchemical concepts, which, which just wipes all that out of existence, because, like you said, we could, all three of us can get into historical mind fuck with you back and forth. We could sit here and tell you about every well, you dynasty. Can do it all the time. We yeah. can do it all. We did it for 20 years. We can tell you about every culture, civilization, historical fact. We can get into biology, science, metaphysics, quantum physics. That shit's all good and dandy. But 
bottom line, they're going to ask you, can you invoke the energy of Set to Hoopy Ra? All right, if you can, nigga, stop talking about it because all that history shit, anybody can now with technology, the Google, Internet, anybody can research that shit. Ain't nothing you're going to fucking tell me I can't find out on my own. Ain't nothing you're going to tell me that Dr. Ben, Dr. Jeffries, Dr. Clark, none of them, Ivan Van Cernum have said that you tell me now that I can't find out already because see, back then, nigga, we didn't have all this technology and books. And those, those brothers were doing it when it was hard to get the information. So now you still got cats up here in this day, 2016, regurgitating the same shit that they were saying back then as if it's something new. So that uh, shit doesn't I, I, I see that. I see that. I see that a lot. It's funny, though. Um, you know, now the big, well, the big thing became occultism. I remember shit, you know, um, Back in, it was 2008, 2009, I was fucking practicing Tantra. But niggas wasn't oh, even shit. talking about this shit on, on the internet. Niggas Girl, wasn't talking about Tantra and all this shit. shit. Yeah, yeah nigga, have... I had my man moves on doing Tantra moves, nigga. Niggas doing moves. He was invoking the sex god men. He's woken men. Hey, niggas don't know nothing about the priesthood of men, man. Be careful, man. Niggas don't know nothing about that, man. That's opening up. And, it, and it's funny. It's funny, though, because, you know, me practicing this shit back then, you know, it became a big thing later on. And people talking about these old ass fucking concepts like like this shit is something new. Not saying that people, you know, people learn it when they're ready. That's not the point, but like the brother was saying, people regurgitating old shit, and they think it's something right. new, and they think they own some other shit when they're still on the same shit that niggas been on. Remember, you know? something is only... Remember this. Something is only new because you, you haven't heard it before. That's it. Let me Keep that you. shit in mind. What's new to you might be old as fuck to somebody else. So when I get some, you know person that's easily do yeah man I heard some deep shit blah blah blah, 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 blah. I said man I heard that shit 30 years ago so to that person it's new and it might be exciting to them but then they get disappointed when I'm not sharing in their enthusiasm it's not that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not happy for their enthusiasm it's just I, it doesn't affect me like that because I heard that shit 30 years ago so the impact that it's having on you in 2016 I had that impact back in the mid 80s so it's not it's not affecting me the same way this, this, is how you, this is how you can tell when somebody's an apprentice of something because they're just so fucking excited about oh, yeah. it. You know, they, oh, yeah. they're on that space cadet shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. But I do want to say this real quick before we go to the phones. I want to say this to Brother Ravana Noon. And I know you did it one other show. Uh, you know, like I say, it's not easy. I appreciate your courage and honesty when yeah. talking about molestation. No, I do, seriously. Black and you, you, you did it on yeah, You did it on a previous show. And. It, to me, that goes to show you, you grow more spiritually than any other aspect to be able to openly talk about it, be honest about the shit, and share your insight. And, and by all means, and other people in your same position that might be listening to the show, you know, we can only understand it to a certain extent. And I only understand it by those around me that have been affected by it. And I, I, I can see the effect, and that's the part that bothers me. So I can only relate to it to a certain extent, but I can relate to it to enough where I know what my stance is on it, and I'm not afraid to take a side on it. I don't give a fuck if people agree with it or not. But I think that's the ultimate. You, you understand, to be able to share that shit with other people 
address it and be open and candid about it. We've had other people on the show, listeners. I know uh, I don't think she's here tonight, but Sister Nikidra a couple of shows back had shared some personal stuff with the listeners. And that's not easy to do. And it's a form that sometimes in itself is a form of therapy. But not only that, it, it shows that the person really is evolving because they're able to address it head on. And most of all, sharing it with others, teaching others and educating other people, that's, that's the greatest thing, you know, that, that, that can be offered in that. So I, no, I just seriously want to say that no joke, no bullshit, no clowning around. Yeah, you understand? It's much appreciated because that, that's not an easy thing to do, man. Definitely not an easy thing to do. But anyway, all right, let's go. Let's see if we can take uh, some phone calls here. We'll stay on for a little bit. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to everybody. We'll, we'll take some calls. I know we have some comments typed in in the chat. Um, so we'll kind of talk about if, like, if we can get the feedback, and, and, and let's get some people to share, um, not just on what we were recently talking about. Also, if you did watch the movie, uh, maybe you got something out of it that we missed. We're not saying we caught everything in the movie, by all means. We didn't say we broke down every single itty-bitty aspect of the movie. We're just sharing you with you what we perceive as a lot of occult metaphysical principles and how it related to the issues that we were talking about this evening. So if you did watch the movie, share with us what you got out of it, maybe something that we didn't cover that we might have missed. And if you didn't watch the movie, I hope we didn't fuck it up for you, but that's why we have put it out there. So You'll be able to go back and watch it now and appreciate it. But anyway, let's go to the phone, and let's see if we can get some callers on the line. Let's see we got right here. Uh, Florida, you're on the call. Do you have a question or a comment? Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Anybody on the call from Florida? Just says Florida. Your phone's unmuted. You've got to unmute your phone. We can't hear you. Anybody there from Florida? Go on once, twice, three times. I don't know if they fucking with us, man. It's like two weeks in a row with these phones, man. All right, let's go to, we got a couple callers on the line. California, you're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Um, yeah. Can you okay. hear me? How you doing, sis? Yes, we got you, sis. Go ahead. I'm good, good. Thank you to the brother good. who shared his story um, of molestation because that really touched me. I've also had some people in my family who are molested by an uncle of mine and um, mm-hmm. One of my particular cousins told me that she also astral projected and was on the mm-hmm. ceiling and can actually look down and watch what was going on, and that kind of protected her, you know, mm-hmm. during, during mm-hmm. that time. So I just wanted to um, corroborate that, you know, a lot of people have had that experience. So thank you for sharing that. And um, also as well, um, as you're going through, like, the cult and the different stages of, you know, releasing all of the old paradigms and, conditions that have been on you, like I've gone through the black power phase and mm-hmm. <laughs> the ultra monk religion black phase, power. you know, all of that. The white man is the devil. And it's just like, mm-hmm. now that I'm realizing it's all an illusion, it's kind of like I'm sitting back and realizing mm-hmm. like that first principle, like this shit is just not even real. And mm-hmm. it's like, so, so what am I left with? Just ultra work? Mm-hmm. You know, let me, let me, <laughs> let me. Let me say this. The first part of that question, I'll let Ravonna Noon answer. Okay. Projection. I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone because he can answer that better. But the second part, I'm going to address the second part. You just, we, me and him talk about this all the time, the second part of your question. And I talk about this. All, all three of us brothers talk about this. See, I wrestled with that years ago. And when I used to talk to Ravonna Noon, he would tell me. I used to say, I wish I would have known what I know now to avoid what you just said. Let me say that again so you didn't miss that. Like you say, you went through the black power phase. You know, you went through all these different uh, philosophies and dogmas and might be organizations or groups or whatever. 
went through all these different phases of spirituality and knowledge. So I would say eight, nine, ten years ago, damn, I wish I would have known what I know now. So yeah. I would avoid avoid all that shit. But one thing was clear and I had to reflect on it. And we would talk about it around the city. No, it was, you were meant to go through that stuff to gain the experience. Because think about this for a minute. How would you not know it was all an illusion if you didn't go through it? You understand what I'm saying? How would you not know it was an illusion? Because now as you've evolved and you've grown, you can look back on it and be like, that's some stupid-ass shit. But it was ne- – don't look at it as a waste of time because I used to get frustrated with myself. I said, man, shit was a waste of time. I could have saved so many years doing this or that. But then I realized in that – and I don't regret anything that I've been through. I don't regret any of the groups, organizations, and cultures that I gravitated towards. But – I have a problem with people that get stuck there. So the blessing is you're not stuck there no more. Now, it'd be one thing if you were still stuck there because, you, you unfortunately, you still have cats that are in the nation of Islam and still have the mentality of how the nation was teaching back in the 60s, the 70s, 80s, and they're just not evolving or changing. So I look at it like look at it as part of that experience in your memory bank, but now you can utilize that experience because now you can wake other people up, teach and educate them, you know, on those illusions. So I wouldn't look at it as a bad thing because I used to look at it like that. Like, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? Is <laughs> right. follow, yeah, follow your intuition. You know, your spirit is going to want to explore whatever avenue you If your spirit takes you into, like, we all go through phases. We all talk all the time. One day we're feeling like we want to mess with the Hindu pantheon. Like tonight was just out of the blue. I decided to work with Kalimah. Sometimes I'll leave it alone for weeks. Uh, one night you might want to get up and start messing with African deities or you get in the mood to start. Wherever your spirit is going to take you, it's taking you there for a reason. It's because mm-hmm. there's something there that you need to know and experience. So that's how we are. We, 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 talk all, we talk all the time. It's like three, four days we're dealing with this. Then, bam, it's like we'll call each other up. Yo, man, look, I just came across this, and I just did this ritual on this, and then we might be submerged in that for a week or two. You know what I mean? Let me also <laughs> Let me also add this part on. Um, one of the reasons that I think that we go through these different phases where we want to work with Kali one week, the next week we're working with Hanuman or whatever. One of the reasons that happens, too, is because in the West especially, we're mixed DNA. And a lot That's of right. us do not really understand how much different DNA variations we have within us. Just because right. we may be dark skin, middle skin, whatever. Skin. I'm the original black man. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just because we're any one of those things does not mean that we don't have different mixture inside of us. The, gene, the genes have been scrambled, so it's hard to tell. For example, that's right. I remember one one year we were in Georgia. This when we were <laughs> in New Orleans, we were on the land, and there was a drumming ceremony going taking place. And all the dark skin brothers were up there playing the drums, and everybody was like, yeah, you know, they, they're looking and, and already have this preconceived notion that just because you're dark skin, you're going to bang on the drums, and you're going to be just rhythmic with it. Okay? That's right. That's right. And then this light-skinned Latino brother got up there, and everybody was preconceived to judge him as, well, he's light, he's got no rhythm. This... This Latino brother smashed them drums better than any of them darker skinned right. people before him. Uh, and the reason why is because we forget the genes have been scrambled. Just because you're light does not mean that the African DNA, that uh, Native American DNA or whatever DNA is inside you is not at times more dominant 
than the African DNA. This is why you have some people who are dark-skinned gravitate towards punk music, punk music or rock music or whatever the case is because they may not be aware, but they may have 5% Irish DNA. And that little Irish guy is jumping out sometimes like, yo, Leprechaun, feed me, do something. I want to feel this music, right? So what happens is that on our path, we tend to venture into a lot of different things. It was not a waste. The reason, as Benita was stating, and I also add on to that, is that it never became a waste because in that experience, you learn more about that than the average person may have learned in 50 years doing that one thing. And you got what you needed from it. Your DNA was served as far as the energy was served for what it was seeking, and it opened you up to a whole nother vibration and thought process that led you to the next step. So at the end of all of that, what's left? You mastering and conquering yourself and learning how each of these energies interplay with your life process and how to control and master when these energies should be fed, when, um, you know, they should be worked with in a certain way. So now you're no longer guessing as to, well, damn, why is this bothering me? Why is this affecting me? You are more able to pinpoint and say, oh, that must be this certain part of my energy, this DNA ancestor part that's coming forth that's seeking to interplay in the physical realm. So now you know how to interact with that where most people will be like, damn, I hear all these voices. I'm fucked up. So, you know, a lot of people really think they're effed up because they don't know how to work with that because we're taught to suppress those things. So that, I think, is never a waste of time. It's only a benefit because look at all the things you learned and look at how much more it it, uh, basically enlightened or darkened your life on the path you're on. That Not only that, you're able to share with people who are also seeking Right, and you're able to give them a little bit of juice, a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of information that may help propel them That's to right. go where they're and, going. And and no and no Joe and no Joe Smoke can just come by and say, you know, I'm the black man. That's God. I'm I'm the black man. I'm yeah, God. Right. You want some of this supreme dick? Yeah. You know, exactly. niggas can't just walk around and feed you that bullshit no more. Right now, as, well, far, I mean, as, and, as far as the astral projection part, um. It is true, a lot of people who have gone through traumatic events, it's not just child molestation, it's any kind of traumatic event. Um, Sometimes we tend to astral project during that time to basically not feel the pain of what you're going through. Mm. And Uh. this is why if you talk to a lot of people who tend to have, lack of a better word, spiritual gifts, which are basically just abilities that we have, it's just innately inside of us some are more active than others if you tend to talk to a lot of people who have these abilities that are active you'll tend to find out that a lot of them had some kind of traumatic childhood experience that's right and molestation just happens to be one of the top ones you know child abuse happens to be another one but it's other things the accident could have caused you to astral project during that time it doesn't make anybody more great or special it's just the fact that this is how we cope with certain traumatic events. And for people who've been through initiations, they understand this. For those who went through a Freemasonic initiation and they're in the ante room, um, being prepared, <laughs> yeah, being prepared uh, 
and they're blindfolded. Oh, nigga, don't bring back memories, nigga. Yeah, man. You, you, you experienced a form of astral projection in that moment. It was almost as if you could see yourself being prepared, hoodwinked, um, you know, for this uh, initiation traumatic event you were going through. Some people can actually say they saw themselves being prepared and going through that. And on that note, Brother Ravon, we were able to experience both sides of that because you also got to remember we had we had the luxury, which is which is a great thing because not only were we the ones when we went through that, you know, degree of masonry or those degrees of masonry, we also were were officers in 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 several different lodges, and we actually conducted the brought people through the same thing to other people. So we were able not only to experience it ourselves. But we were the ones who were the initiators after that, and that's a whole nother experience because when it's you're experiencing it one way when you're when you are the candidate going through and taking the initiation when you are the initiator <laughs> it's a different perspective. I can't put it really into words, but it's like an out of body experience because you're witnessing exactly. the same thing that you went through, but it's like you're seeing yourself do it. To you, and it's you doing it to you. I guess the only way I can describe it. It's like you're you're doing it back to yourself, but you're seeing it from a perspective of an outer body or astral projection, where you're looking back at yourself, and that happens in initiations and traumas and things of that nature. Watching and watching these niggas go through the same trauma you went through. Exactly. That's right. This, This tends to activate more of your spiritual senses, which is why you're able to you know, feel things or see things uh, more rapid than the average person a lot of times. So, you mm. know, that, it, I hope that that answered this yeah. question. Thank you thoroughly. Yeah. Thank you for taking my call. No well, problem. I definitely appreciate so. it. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you, sis. All right. All right. And, you know, and speaking on that note, and, and for those, I mean, there's all different type of lodges. You know, you have Prince Hall, and some of them have different, methodologies of initiating, but we went through a lodge that was rough, and there was a lot of physical oh, initiation in that lodge. I mean, rough, doing push-ups to your puke, brother, shit. you know, doing push-ups to your puke, uh, all types of physical tests, <laughs> and, and, oh, and we, had, we, cold, we, cold. we had some... We had some niggas that bailed out. I mean, in between oh, degrees. I mean, we had niggas that just bailed out, couldn't... Some, couldn't got, you, there was, there was niggas out there that passed out. Yeah, some broke you know, down crying, some left, some ran out of there, some were never... And you know, it. and Ravana knew, you know which one sticks out to me in my mind out of all of them? Because me and you were in the same, we went through in the same group when we did it. What, go, what went through my mind was, we had a dude, true story, you remember this yep. shit. Me and Ravana knew <laughs> did this in one night. We did our three degrees in one night, is what they call a raisin in the Masonic Lodge, which basically means... Microwaving. Yeah. Yeah, microwaving. You get you get your edit apprentice, your fellow craft, your master mason in one night. So put it this way. We went in about 9, 10 o'clock in the morning and we got out. And we got out the next day at 1, 2 o'clock. We were in that bitch for 12 to 14 hours. Okay, so let me, <laughs> let me establish that shit for you. Now, a lot of lodges, there's not too many lodges anymore under any jurisdiction where it's free and accepted, mason ancient free and accepted. A lot of them have stopped the raisins because they feel it's been it's too much for one night. Some still do it, but it's rare. You don't find a lot of lodges that do it. But I just want to, I want to, I want to just paint a picture for you. 14 hours of fucking torture with a short break in between. Now we had one dude was in, who was in our class, was a Marine. 
Motherfucker was a Marine. Yep. Okay? This dude was cock diesel, cut up, chiseled. I mean, huge. His, his, his arms were like the size of my fucking head. That's how big this dude's <laughs> arms were. Dude was a Marine. You know, he, he came in, he had the Marine jacket, the whole nine. So I was like, oh, shit, this motherfucker right here is going to be a cakewalk for him. Man. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk for him. So, you know, we start out on the first degree. That's we going through hey, you, you know, brother, that's the nigga that get it the worst. <laughs> what? So we're going through our first degree. We're going through the physical trial. We're doing all types of push-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups. They do shit like put you in the corner and you got to squat down and they stick your hands out and they press down at your hands. You got to press all types, of, all types of shit to physically test your will to break you, you know, insulting you, anything you can think of, all types of hazing. And basically that's to just get you at your lowest point just to see, you know, how much you can take and are you going to rise over this or are you going to let this get you? Man, well, after that first degree, when the first degree was over, and that was the first degree. And each one, I want to say, was about four to five hours apiece because we was in that bitch for about 13, 14 hours. We had maybe 30, 30 minutes, 45-minute break. And both over and over and over while oh your knees are ready to break. The so one I went sitting, through, I can say it was a little different than that. But go ahead. So we, we had it easy, nigga. Yeah, you got that. Shit. So, so we we did, well, no, I, I got I to gotta say we, we probably did because you niggas got it all in one day. Shit. So we we sitting there and it's quiet and we waiting for the next one to begin and all of a sudden I hear I hear like somebody like starting to break down and cry. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, who the fuck is that? I'm sitting on the end. Now I'm sitting next to my boy Curly. Vic was on the end. I'll never forget this. Vic was on the end and this cat, this cat, uh, Ravana Noon was on the end and and um, this cat was like in between. And, like, the, you know, the room was a little bit kind of dark. I mean, there was some light. And I hear, I hear somebody, like, whimpering, crying. I'm like, yo, who the fuck is that? I said, who's breaking down? Who's that? So I look, it's the Marine cat. Yo, yo, man, I can't, that's it. I can't, I can't do this no more. I, I, I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yo, oh, this dude grabbed his jacket and hauled ass. Yep. Hauled ass, left in between degrees. And they tell you, once you leave, you got to start all over again. If you walk out, you got to start from the very beginning. You can't pick up from where you left oh, off. Oh, yeah. Had, That's you fucked up. That so oh, he had asked to leave, and they told him, they say, look, you know, you can leave. That's your choice. But they made it clear to him. Say, hey, man, if you leave, if you do it again, you got to start from the very beginning. Man, I ain't never seen that dude ever again a day of my life. <laughs> Last time I saw that dude was when he walked out of that lodge. You understand? <laughs> now, 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 we're saying this because when you hear us say in the beginning of the show, if you want to know what these orders are about, join the motherfuckers. Stop talking out your ass. Stop reading the book. Stop listening to a lecture. <laughs> stop listening to the propaganda that people tell you. We telling you, we've been through this shit. I could, I could share, okay. I could, I could, I could share a little bit of my experience, but I was giving nothing up. But did we it do was yours? a part of. Huh? Did we? Did we do yours? No. No, we didn't. Okay. I I, did, I got mine done in um, you know Georgia and shit. But, um, okay. I went when I went through the experience. Oh man, it was we was in Georgia, and it was fucking degrees below zero. Yeah, we did. Oh, that. You did. oh man, you, you wanted it. <laughs> this shit was so torturous. You know, <laughs> imagine laying on the a cold ass fucking floor <laughs> 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 with no fucking shirt on. 
<laughs> freezing the fucking death, and these niggas pouring water on your ass. Yep. <laughs> oh, right. man. Right. The funniest shit is watching niggas ride the goat. That's some funny-ass shit. Because when you go through your, when you go through your third degree, and after each candidate goes through and they're resurrected from death, then you're taken to the side. So you watch each person do it. Man, that's that's the gotta be some of the funniest shit I ever seen. Because oh yeah, that, I, you know you know you know what I thought was the funniest degree was the second degree going through that shit. That shit was fucking hilarious. Watching niggas do the steps. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 see the biggest burliest niggas screaming like bitches, <laughs> straight bitches, straight oh. bitches. <laughs> put it put it this way, I was shitting I was shitting olive oil for like two days. That's all I got. <laughs> I was shitting olive oil for two days when I paid my way. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but again, my whole my whole point is I don't want to turn this into a whole Masonic thing, but the whole point being is. Don't fucking talk about what you don't know about. That's why when we say earlier we can smell a book mason, you heard Brother Sargiti say that in the very beginning of the show. Yeah, we know when you niggas are just reading books, man. Come on. We, you're not talking to people that ain't been through the shit. It's different. You can run that, that I'm fucking intellectual game on somebody that never set foot in a lodge, then that, that, that might appeal to them. But when you sit there and tell me, yeah. Oh, Freemasonry is tied into the Illuminati, and what the degree symbolizes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, please, shut the fuck up, please. You, and oh, you're, not only, you're not only talking to some, like, some people who've experienced it. You're talking about niggas who are math amazing. Right. Well, yeah, and, and, and not only that, we held every seat in the lodge. Any, any seat in the lodge, we all held it at one point or another, from junior warden, from deacon to junior warden, senior warden, up to the worshipful master. So we all served at masses at one point. So, I mean, that's what I'm trying to fucking say. I, I mean, I just can't stand. Same thing in the Rosicrucian order. I just finished the term as a master, which ended this past April. So when, when niggas is talking to me about the Rosicrucian order, remember, I sat in the East as a master for over a year. You, don't talk to me about that shit if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Same thing with these Golden Dawn niggas and these OTO niggas. I hear, I hear a lot of niggas in their lectures mention the OTO, and I'm sitting there, I'm Listen to they never shit been like, in it. That's not what happens. Where'd you get that from? That's not where, where, where'd you read that? That's not. And then they say, oh, well, you know, in this book here, well, that's no, no, no. They say on, in the bro. streets, brother. That's what they say yeah, in the streets. Yeah, that's what they say in the streets, <laughs> brother. That's right. That's what they say in the streets. <laughs> oh, my God. That shit will never leave me. That's got to be the most ignorant ass shit I've ever heard in my life. It's funny. Anyway. This, this, and this, this came to my mind, and it was so true. I had a brother tell me before I got went through my initiation, he said, either this is going to bring the man out of you or it's going to bring the bitch out of you. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of <laughs> and that, that shit brings, was true. <laughs> a lot of Negroes it brings the bitch out of. And yep. <laughs> it's all the tough guys. It's all the tough guys. All the dudes, you know, the tough guys that, you know, always portrayed themselves as being tough and, you know, yeah, man. Yo, oh, this yeah, yeah, man. man, watch them getting in. They were like scared little kids, man. As soon as those lights went out, blindfold went on, cable toe went on, link up, nigga. Yeah, it was, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what we get ready to do that's here? Why, that's why at the beginning of every show we tell y'all this is not for the weak-hearted. You that's right. We've gone through trials and tribulations, physical trials and tribulations, mental trials and tribulations that we understand the process from within. A lot of these p- 
people, whether occultists, whether magicians, whether uh, alchemists, they philosophize. They read a lot. They're armchair occultists. But a lot of these people cannot withstand some of the trials and tribulations you go through in these initiations. Fuck no, these, these niggas, if you want to always, they didn't want to talk about back in the day. Well, guess what, niggas? Back in ancient Kemet, you would have never got initiated because you're too pussy, niggas. Exactly. Sorry exactly. to tell you that. All they want to do is philosophize. They want to give you their opinions and their theories, but they're too pussy to walk inside these orders. Uh, trust me, when we tell you you're too mm-hmm. pussy to walk inside these orders, yes, you are. I remember there was this dude on Facebook one time, and I got this nigga, he was so RBG. This nigga was so fucking RBG down. He had the fucking wristbands. He had the motherfucking, uh, uh, what you call it, the bandana. He had everything, nigga. This nigga was RBG down, red, black, and green to the max. So he was, he, he, he was trying to talk to this girl, right? And this girl was straight gangster. I'm talking about when I say gangster, nigga, I'm talking about gangster. This girl's gangster. So, you know, but she had started finding some consciousness, and she was starting to learn some shit, you know. And so they were starting to talk. It was kind of like dating, you know, and all this kind of shit. Next thing you know, this nigga hits me up and says, yo, man, yo, Ravana, I'm scared, man. What the fuck you scared about, dude? You know, hardcore, you know what I'm saying? You RBG, you the white man. I'm going to destroy the white man kind of nigga, right? What's up? Yo, man. But, you know, that's just a persona on Facebook, man. This girl's real gangster, man. She going to have my ass tit. <laughs> I was like, well. So he was a wankster. Yeah. So I, was, I said, bro, be real. Now you should have never fucked with her if you knew how she was. If you can't, uh, yeah, fuck, if you can't deal with a woman who's a real gangster and not on some fucking philosophy shit, but a real motherfucking gangster who experienced that ride or die life, nigga, you should not even step into the arena because you set your ass up and now you running like a bitch and asking me for help. What the hell am I gonna do? I'm in Florida. Y'all niggas are in Texas. What the hell you want me to do? Right over there? I'm he cool wants with you her. He wants you to... I was cool Listen. with her too. So what am I gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That just shows you that a lot of these so-called conscious people are straight up pussies because they talk a big game, but they don't experience this shit. A lot of people out here that you think you can judge, we've fucking walked this shit. We know that shit inside and out, the pain and the trauma and the shit you go through. Uh-huh. So, nigga, nigga gain, gain, gaining, gaining, this, gaining this occult knowledge, it was never an easy task. Understand that shit. It was it's not, ne- it's never been known as an easy task. It's not as simple as going on Google, getting some PDF files and shit like that. This shit is some real <laughs> hardcore walking some shit. That's why and, a lot of y'all just read the books. Y'all can't. Y'all not strong enough to walk through these things. And Trust here's the point. Let's stress. Some of y'all are not strong enough. And let's stress this. The point, what is the point? You might hear, hear the discussion tonight about some of these initiations, real initiations. We're not talking about no sugar, sugar down water bullshit. The whole point is this. You're going to find in most of these esoteric orders, and again from experience, whether it's OTO, different types of Masonic lodges, whether it's the Rosicrucian Order, Golden Dawn, you'll find out it's to test your willpower, number one, to strip you and make you desolute down to the point where you have nothing. And some of these rituals, you have nothing on. 
butt fucking naked, and now you have nothing because some of the rituals they tell you you need to enter the lodge as you came into the world. Now meditate on that for a minute. Yeah. Enter the lodge as you came into the world, and we all came into this world with nothing. You understand yeah. that? So it's all precepted around darkness, nothingness, and understanding that once you take all those external things away and it's just you and you, now it's going to fuck with your psyche. And now you got to realize, okay, am I really at the point where I'm now going to uncover my true self? And that includes all the bullshit. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about your shadow self. You get to that point of destitution, desolation, which brings you to the reality and realization of who and what you really are at that point in the, if the initiation is done correctly and you're doing it right. Now, the point, reason why we went through all that was by choice because we wanted to see how, how much we can be challenged. We're the type of motherfuckers, if we're not challenged, the shit is boring to us. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can pick up a motherfucking book and read, but that ain't the same thing as experiencing it. So by gaining that experience, then you can say, well, it's, hey, by all means, let's make this clear. We know this shit is not for everybody. So what we're really yeah, talking it, to it, people it's now. It's, it's different when yeah, I'm you. Sorry. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. I was saying we're only talking to people now if you're willing to go that lane. If you say, man, I don't give a fuck about doing that, then okay, then it's not for you then. Then you just be that nigga that reads the book and shut the fuck up and stop teaching about it as if you know what the fuck you're talking about. Don't mention that shit. You know, I can't take any you got to understand, not just us, any, any brother or sister that's gone through these fraternities, lodges, secret societies, they can't take what you're saying serious because they can smell that you just read the shit from a book a mile away and you don't, you're only giving an outside perspective. And you can say, well, yeah, but I know enough. I don't need to go through that shit. Well, yes and no. Then make yep. sure that when you're teaching on it, you're teaching and you're making it clear this is from and an outsider's perspective. And that goes. That also goes for you, motherfuckers, who want to claim that you're into voodoo and Santeria, Lakumi, uh-huh. Palo. If you motherfuckers uh-huh. ain't gotten scratch, if you motherfuckers have not gotten initiated, gotten your warriors, gotten crowned, shut the fuck up. Yeah. You don't Stop know what it's about like. Because it. that shit is exactly. an initiation of trials and tribulation, mental, physical shit you got to go through. And you know when somebody's just reading a book and they want to just be a part of a culture and really, really have walked that shit. Same shit. That's it. That's it. End of story. It's that goddamn simple. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a big. It's definitely a big difference, you know, when you you reading a book about it, and when your ass actually going through it, and your ass is blindfolded. <laughs> it's let me, a different let me say story. This, real quick. Let me say this before you take one last call, or a couple calls, what up? Mm-hmm. Michael W. Ford said it best, right? Michael W. Ford was the author of many books on Luciferian, Satian, uh, different Typhonian doctrine kind of information. He said, as an occultist, you should challenge yourself always. That's right. Challenge yourself always. And that is what these orders and um, initiations are all about, challenging how much mental fortitude physical fortitude and spiritual fortitude you really have. You can philosophize and read all day. I commend you for that. That's a a certain level of discipline. But when you can put yourself through mental tribulation, trials and tribulations, physical and spiritual, then you get a a bonus reward for that shit. Because that really will show you how much you really know. 
how much so you it, really have applied and how much you really gain from what you say you know. How strong That's you it. really are, not not the shit you pretend to be. That's it, and that's that, and that's that's key. It's, it's that simple. And this is the point where we got to do, and this is how we can we can distinguish bullshit artists from people grounded in reality. And we got to put people on the spot. So when people say shit like back in the day and in Egypt, we got to put people on the spot with that shit, man. What do you mean when you say that? Because first of all, when people talking about Egypt, and ninety percent of the people that are talking about Egypt ain't never set foot in Egypt. You know, this is a different perspective as opposed to somebody that's actually been over there and touched the pyramids and, you know, other than just looking at pictures in the books because they tapped into a whole different experience. It's the same thing when an individual is teaching on any of these uh, esoterical groups, societies, uh, fraternities, etc. That's what we mean when we say there's a difference from living the experience and reading the experience. It's two fucking different things. And the problem is that a lot of these cats that you're playing yourself because people that have been through them, and they're not just us, there's many people, we can smell that shit a mile away. And we sit back and laugh at your ass and we listen to the ridiculous shit you say and we can we see exactly where you're regurgitating from, what book, what lecture, what we'll, we'll scholar see, we'll see, brother, lecture. We'll see, brother, the, the symbol of the, the, the Masonic, you know, um, square represents 360 degrees of light, knowledge, and, you know, those type of niggas. Well, here's, here's one thing, and this is the funny shit. I ask a lot of these pro-Masonic book niggas. See, if you've been through a real lodge, see, people think in the third degree, the Master Mason degree, that you get the word of a Master Mason. You don't. People are like, you ever read it in the Duncans? Yeah, it's a Maha Bone. No, it's not, nigga. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's, that's what they told you. See, what you don't realize, that's not the end of the journey in that esoterical group because that word Mahabon which they say is the so-called word of a master mason that they resurrected Hiram Abiff with that was the substitute word of a master mason go back and read the degree that's not the real password of a master mason you have to continue through the royal art and even go further outside of the Scottish Rite and York Rite and continue your journey for the real word of a master mason that was lost. The substitute word was given to you in the blue house on the third degree. It's not the real word of a master mason. So any of these masonic niggas, if you really want to put them on the spot, these book masonic negroes, ask them, what is, and this is how you know they've been through a lodge, and I'm not going to even say the word, I'm going to keep that shit to myself only because this is how you can really test if anybody knows anything about masonry. Ask them what's the real word and, and, and use the verbiage of that because you're not going to find this in any book. You're not going to find this written anywhere. It's not in the Dunkin' Donuts. It's not in the, any Masonic manual that you can physically get your hands on because, remember, real secrets were passed from mouth to ear. They were never written down on paper or in any book. So all you got to do is simply ask them what oh, is and don't say, say that say that again, brother. I mean, say that shit again because mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. Uh, real secrets were never written in book, books. That's right. Real secrets were never written in books. They were passed from mouth to ear. That's a fucking fact. So ask them, real simple. What is the real word of a master mason? And most of them are gonna go Mahabon. Nah, nigga, that's the substitute word on the third degree in the blue house of a master mason. I didn't ask you for the substitute word. I asked you simply, what is the real word of a, what is the real 
secret word of a master mason. They won't give it to you. The only people that can give that to you are the ones that actually truly went to the higher echelon of real masonry because that, that word is not written down anywhere. And it's the same thing in a Rosicrucian order because if you really knew what the fuck he was talking about, in the Scottish Rite, there's a degree called the Order of the Rose Cross. I've seen is, that. Okay. Now, the Rosicrucian Order is based on those mystical teachings in Egypt, and you find there's a connection in that path, but you get that sacred word in your seventh temple degree in the Rosicrucian Order that the Master Mason has been seeking through his whole journey. And that's not written hmm. down in any monograph. That's not written down in any book. The only way you know that, you had to be in the temple and get it whispered from mouth to ear. Just trust me. Niggas, 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 niggas don't know how these orders are interconnected. Nah, they have no idea. It's the white man shit. Let's see, just write it off. When you don't know about it, just say it's the white man shit because then you can just take the attention off yourself and not knowing a fucking thing about it. So all you got to do is say, oh, that's white people's bullshit. Really? You'll be surprised when you go into these orders for an example, right where you're at, Brother Sar, and I told you this, in Tampa, you got, you got masters from West Africa that are the masters that sit on the seats in that, in that lodge right there in Tampa, in St. Pete. Okay? So trust me, people don't know what the fuck that they're talking about. When I tell you, they have no clue what they're talking about. But it's very easy. All you got to do is ask a couple questions. I've, seen, I've say, seen that. I've seen that, too, you know, many you know, people from all around the world are in the Rosicrucian order. Oh, yeah. No matter what country. Yeah. You'll be surprised when you go on the inside. You go see people there, we'll be like, what, really? That's what I'm trying to say. And And it's funny, funny, a lot of times you don't even know that they're part of any order because people who are really into shit don't put their business out in public. Well, that's because they don't have to put a big-ass fucking onk the size of Flavor Flav's clock around their neck, and they don't have to wear African beads the size of rope trains that Rakim used to wear back <laughs> in the day. You know, See, that's the thing. You know, when, when people get into this Afrocentric conscious thing, they take it to the fucking extreme. You know what I mean? So they, gotta, they feel the need that they got to let everybody know they know something. But remember, real, you know the old saying, real bad boys move in silent, real, real assassins move in the shadows. Think about that shit for a minute. Real assassins move in the shadows. We're motherfucking assassins. You understand? You're playing yourself right in front of us. We won't even let you know. We're inside your fucking head and you don't even fucking know it. That's, that's what real assassins do. They don't let you know that shit. So you got people that move in the shadows and you can't see them. And then you got these niggas. Yeah, Hotep. What's up, my brother? Hotep, brother. Peace, God. What's up, black man? It's because that, that's their insecurities. That's that's their fucking insecurities leaking out because I'm gonna I'm gonna put on they, a, I'm gonna put on a big ass Baphomet and I'm gonna let yeah. you know that I'm an occult nigga. Yeah, and then and then you go on Facebook and call yourself Dark Crow and wear a black top hat and a black jacket and look like <laughs> black Alice the Crown. And then photo crop flames coming out your fucking hands, you know. So that makes you all of a sudden now you're a dark occultist and then and then come up with some fucking bullshit staff trying to look like Dr. York and shit, but you want to kind of <laughs> flip it the other way, but you're trying to look like, like the picture of the lamb, and then pose as Farad. I like all these niggas that stand sideways holding a book in their hand. That's my favorite one. You know how many niggas I've seen on Facebook doing that? 
Like, why mm-hmm. are you trying to emulate Farad? What, what, what the fuck is that? What are you, what are you trying to do? What, 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 are you, what are you trying to do? Well, I like the ones that are standing <laughs> like Noble Durali with the, with the fingers. The ones that stand like Noble Durali. It's like, come on, man. And what they don't know is Noble Durali, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Master Farad Muhammad, all went through Grand Lodges. And some overseas, some in Lahore, Pakistan, some in Egypt, some in Africa. And all the teachings that they diluted and watered down and gave to their mass groups and congregations were basically nothing but watered down masonry. That's all that shit was. All you got to do is exactly. to see it. That's all it was. Come on, man. Look at the nation of Islam, the nation of Islam, oh, a lot the of Masonic shit. The whole thing is based on masonry. From the lessons on down, the whole structure, uh, the dress, the fez. You know, look at how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad dressed. He wore, he wore a fez. And that fez that he wore goes back to the Grand Lodge in Lahore, Pakistan. Go look it up. He was a member. Niggas don't want to talk about that shit, though. That lets you, that, like, and that's the difference between niggas who really walk the path and niggas that just talk about it. Yeah, nah, well, you know. Because I got a couple. I got the book by Albert Pike, so I'm a fucking master mason now. I just need to read the book by Albert Pike and Albert Mack. <laughs> and now, now, all of a sudden, since I read the Dictionary of Freemasonry, Volumes 1 and 2, now, all of a sudden, I'm a fucking master mason. You know, I, you can't tell me shit about masonry. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust, 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 and no niggas. We can, we can smell a book junkie a mile away, niggas. Um, but I see, I, I, I fuck with them. I just like them. I like to just listen to them talk continuously. And see, I'm the type of motherfucker. I'll sit there in silence for an hour, and then I just listen and listen. And then you've regurgitated so much shit. Now you can't retract none of your statements. So now I'll dissect your whole conversation. Now we'll go back and say, well, okay. So in the beginning, you said, you see, you see, people that do that don't give them a chance to retract. Because most of those motherfuckers like to hear themselves talk anyway, so let them talk. And in that talking, you're going to find a million inconsistencies. And then when they're done, say, okay, you done now, brother? Good, I got a couple questions for you. Question number one, bam, hit them with it. And then you're going to see how everything just falls apart. Same way, like I was telling you that, that, that story with that sister in the store last week, same way. Let them talk. Because, see, they already have preconceived notions of what they want to say anyway. So I can't stay on a motherfucker do that. Why don't you just tell me that? Because you already, have a, you already have a planned answer in your head. I already know. So just say it, and we can skip the bullshit, and then we can get down to the nitty-gritty. Because you already think you know, so why don't you just spit what you think you know, and then I can just tear that shit up and dissect it, and we can move on from there. Because I'm not going to sit here and give you eight, nine different answers, and it doesn't match up with your personal ideology, and you're just going to say, nah, brother, because these, blah, blah, blah. It's not okay. So now we can build from there. So let's cut all that bullshit out. We can save a lot of time and energy. And why don't you just tell me what you think it means? And I stress the word think because, shit, we think a lot of things. That doesn't mean that they fucking real. It might be real to you. And what's real to you may not be real to me and vice versa. And that's okay. But as long as we come to a common ground of understanding on that, I'm good with that. You understand? But just don't get pissed off if I don't agree with everything that you say. That's all and vice versa. You can't get pissed off if there's things I say you don't agree with, because one thing we've all learned in this path and how we've evolved and changed was just because you've been dealing with something for so long doesn't mean that it's correct. We say that shit again. Just because you've been in the nation of Islam for 20, 25 years doesn't mean that that's correct. You understand? And the only way you're going to change is a lot of niggas get stuck in these ruts is because they refuse to accept change. They think because they've been doing something for so long that that makes it right, that there's nothing else out there that could be correct. And these are the niggas that stay stuck. They can't grow. They can't evolve. They can't change because 
as soon as something intrudes on something they've been doing for so many years, they're threatened by it, and they can't phantom the reality of making that adjustment. That's the fucking problem. So these are the people you talk to that say, think that their way is right and everybody else's way is wrong. That's the fucking problem. And this would explain why people get stuck where they're at and why you say, damn, I know this dude, you know, he's been in this group for so many years, or this dude's been in this religion. And it's, it's comical because it's a crutch. It's a safe place. It's something that they can cling on to. They don't want to leave it. It's like a shelter to them. An occultist has no limitations. They're not afraid to venture into any realm. Just like Revival Newman said earlier, they're not afraid to challenge themselves. They're not afraid to explore. They're not afraid to go into areas that they're not familiar with. Because that's the most exciting part about this, is going into areas, not trying to just plan it out and have it rehearsed and do it the same (laughs) way. Sometimes the most beautiful experience is diving in to the unknown and not knowing what the outcome is going to be. That's the most beautiful occultist experience you could ever have. Changes your your perception, you know? Changes everything, man. Anyway, I don't know. Do you brothers want to take any more calls or that's up to you brothers, man? I don't know. Uh, so I say we could. I don't know. We could take a couple of calls. I guess. All right, we'll take a couple more, then we uh we'll wrap this thing up. I got shit to do. I know you brothers got shit to do too. So. And it's yeah. that it's that it's that witching hour, brother, from midnight to six a.m. <laughs> so there's high spiritual work to do between those hours. All right, let's see if we can go to. Uh, Scroll down here. Try some different states. We need to get on. Uh, got more calls from Florida. Let's see if we can plug this Florida call in again. Uh, again, if your phone is muted, please, you got unmuted. We can't hear you if it's, if it's muted. All right. So let's see if we can get this call in there. Hold on. Got this damn tablet again. This is off. Oh, hold on. Disconnected. Off. We got a call. Florida, you're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Florida. Anybody there from Florida? Hello. Going once, going twice, going three times. Nobody there? We'll go to another call. Uh, let's go to uh, Texas. You're on the call. You got a question or a comment? Texas. Oh, greetings. Thank you for opening my line. I got on the call late, but I know you were talking about the uh, different um, lodges that y'all Mm-hmm. Went through, and what came to mind is, you know, the story that they talk about. Um, well, this is like the 30s, the years that are missing from the Bible and the character uh-huh. uh, Jesus, and that's when he uh-huh. went into these crypts, and he had to. Um, I know you, you were talking, I think, last week or the week before about garb. You know, he had to change their his garb, and he had to get into uh-huh. their garb, and he had to go through their their lessons. And he uh-huh. overcame every one of those lessons. So I just love, love to hear you guys talk about what y'all went through in that. Yeah. And, 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 again, we talk about it because, it's again, we want people to understand the difference, like what you're saying. And as long as you're getting uh, whatever it is out of it to the point where we're trying to differentiate, again, between reading about the experience and living the experience. Now, again, every initiation in Lodge is not identically the same. The foundation of it is, but you'll see how how some of the rituals are enacted. And if you talk to other people in other lodges, uh, the core principles are pretty much the same. 
but sometimes how the rituals are enacted out. Some can be more intense and more drama, and some can be a little more laid back. Now, you'll find in a lot of the European lodges, it's a little more laid back. Uh, but you'll find in military lodges or Prince Hall lodges or African or, you know, Egyptian-based teaching lodges. It's a little more aggressive. The experience is a little bit more intense. Um, so it's going to vary. So the experience varies. This is how we know when we walk in circles, we can tell, you know, who's been pretty much through what type of lodge and what methodology that they were exposed to. And it's unique because, like you say, you're just listening and you're getting a visual. So if we, if we can create that, that's, that then we're doing our job. And that's, that's the whole point. So that's, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're able to, to, you know, share that. And I don't know if the brothers want to add anything to that. They can go ahead. Um, no, no, you got it, brother. I mean, you pretty much explained it. Yo, you, you're, that, <laughs> not, you, you're getting that Namu's ready for tomorrow, ain't you? Hell yeah. <laughs> About to have me a, a, a big booty tantric ritual, brother. Yeah, hire my best a second and shit. And see, that's the other thing. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me just throw that in there and, and see that whole, that whole central character that's in, in those degrees of masonry. And what people don't understand, that basically represents you. When you walk, and here's the unique thing, and this is something you would only know being in the lodge, whether it's the Rosicrucian Lodge, whether it's OTO, whether it's the Masonic Order, they all have the pillars of Jackin and Boaz. They yes, have, they they're do. in all three lodges. And there's a symbolization in that. We did, a, we did a couple of shows, and go back and listen to it. I don't think anybody caught it. Go back and do, listen to the show we did on the middle pillar. Uh, I want to say that was maybe six, seven months ago. We, did, we were talking about the middle pillar written by Israel. Regardless. I remember that, yeah. All right. What people got to understand, what the lodge is really about is when you first, when you walk in, you are the middle pillar. That's what Jackin and Boaz really symbolizes. You come through the middle of those pillars, and then you'll see in the east, and I mentioned this on that show, that to the right, you have the rough ashlar. To the left, you have the smooth ashlar. The real temple you're perfecting is you. You learn that as you go through. The, the, the temple that you're trying to perfect is you. You come in as a rough ashlar and you leave as a smooth ashlar. Chiseling, chiseling off those rough edges. That's all it is. And you find that all the higher mabir shit is mythological. You know, you go through a whole birth, resurrection, and death. That's what it represents. So, but anyway, I know we're turning this into Masonic. But anyway, yeah, that's but I'm, that's what I, I'm going through every day. I mean, that's what I think that if we're, if we're ascending in the world, we're looking to be better in, in what we're doing, then that's what mm-hmm. we're, we're going away. All of the rough mm-hmm. edges, um, and we're, we're, that's what being reborn, being born again, that, you know, that ideology is, is that's right. um, what we're going through. Um, that's and right. I, just wanted, I just wanted to say that, because uh, I made some notes on the last calls, and I don't know if you call my number out and, you guys, you know, I'm in a different time zone, but I, I get up really, really early in the morning, so sometimes I'm just zoned out. Um, but right. I did want to make, make mention that um, I did have a shift moment, and if y'all have been talking about the subjective versus the objective um, mm-hmm. mind, and right. in, that, in that realm, I just say that, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. Um, and That's I, right. And, that that's what that shift moment that came for me when I when I just kind of brought it all together, you know. And everything that we do, um, you know, we we look at it, we think of it as being tangible, 
Um, yes, it's tangible, but we're not of this world, so it right. really doesn't, shouldn't mean that much. It really shouldn't mean that much. We should be focusing on some of the other things that are of a higher realm. And I, I know that's what, what it is that y'all are bringing out. No, and that's a good point, and 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 uh, and that's that's the whole purpose of the show, and and I'm glad I'm glad you you know see it as that, and really what it boils down to, and the reason why again we chose this topic tonight, if you didn't get a chance to listen to the to the whole thing, go back to the beginning, um, we chose this topic tonight based on this movie regression, and again we want to say before we go, um, if you, if people didn't see the movie, hopefully most people were able to watch it, um, but if you didn't see it definitely go see it because it talks about all those things you alluded to. It, it basically shows you how different people deal with meshing their subjective realm with the objective realm. Not everybody deals with it the same way. It shows in that movie, it showed, you know, the one that was in control, which was the female. It showed the one that was on the fence. It showed the one that was caught between both. It showed, it showed two individuals that just became delusional and paranoid because they, they couldn't absorb the reality of it. So it really, it really showed different character types of us as people today in that movie. It really showed every individual watching that movie is going to be able to identify themselves in their spiritual journey with one of the characters in that movie. And that's the reason why um, we decided to come up with that. We figured that this would be a good metaphorical aspect to kind of draw home what we've been talking about for the last year. And, and, and some change because the movie portrayed it. So, um, you know, most definitely we hope everybody goes in. And if you didn't see the movie, definitely watch the movie. Pay attention when you watch it, for sure. So, anybody um, else want to add? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyone no, else no, 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 go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. The last, the last thing I wanted to say, the last time I got to talk to you guys, um, I think I was, I told you I was free hugging. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I okay. <laughs> and then, tree uh, hugger. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to let you know. I just want to say, you know, I've been to, um, I've been to a Korean spa. I don't know if anyone has ever been to a Korean spa. Um, you know, I'll go around my house all day. Um, because you, I think, um, Brother Benita, you, you asked me if I, if I went out there in the bus, and I said no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wasn't ready for that. But I just wanted to make you aware that, um, in my house. All day long, any day, that's fine. Um, yes, right. I've gone, I've gone to a Korean spa, and uh, that if no one's been, if, if you, anyone has ever been to a Korean spa, that is a, a very interesting um, experience. Uh, no. So I've done that, and I've done that many times. Can um, you share what that is with us real quick? Because uh, sure. I've never been there. Okay. Uh, with a Korean spa, it's a bathhouse is what it is, basically. Okay. And then, okay. But but with the Korean spa that I'm talking about that I've been to, they have all of these different healing rooms. They have amethyst and they have, okay. uh, you know, to be able to help detox and cleanse. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people go there for healing purposes. But what you do when you when you go in there, um, just what you were talking about these lodges, they have everybody take off their shoes. You can't walk in there with their there with your shoes mm-hmm. on. And then they mm-hmm. separate the men from the women. Uh, the the men go into their locker room and bath. Uh, Mm-hmm. bathing area, and then the women go into the locker room in their bathing area. So what they require you to do is to shower uh, mm-hmm. before you come out into the common area. So I remember the first time that I went, it was very daunting because you have all, everybody's in the bus. Just just consider a nude beach, you know. You're, right, right. In, the, you're in the bus, and, and now they have, they have um, showers, they have a pool, they have a sauna, they have 
they even have massage tables where we've gone, and, and they have the, the people that will give you massages in the bath house, one for the men and one for the women. So then when you are done in that area, then you put on the, the garb that they give you um, mm-hmm. as a garb, and then you come out into the common areas, and you can go into the healing room. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I haven't quite been through that entire experience, but that sounds interesting. The, the closest I probably could say, and I don't know if any of the other brothers, I think I think um, uh, Brother Sargidi, he went to a teabagging house, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, no, but seriously, I did a, uh, this was back in 97. It was a Native American sister, and uh, she was a Reiki master also, and she had this workshop. Uh, where she kind of did the sweat lodge thing. Um, we kind of went into something similar like that. And then she put everybody through intense, like, deep tissue uh, reiki massage. And, and, you know, when you went through the uh, the detox thing where it was kind of like a sweat lodge thing where, she, where you had to actually, you know, go into this little lodge thing that she created and you had to kind of sweat out the toxins and stuff, you did that pretty much butt naked. And, and then you, you did the reiki for the healing. Um, but what you're saying, sis, that can be, uh, you know, really intense, uh, the detoxifying process. Um, and it, it's an experience. I mean, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a good thing if uh, uh, somebody's able to experience that. What are you going to say, Brother Sarr? No, I, didn't, I was going to say anything. You were going to say, okay. But, um, no, nah, I definitely appreciate you saying it. So, no, nah, I personally, I don't know about Ravon Noon. You ever been through anything like that? Did we lose him? Oh, I think we lost. Yeah, something similar, not the same. Oh, okay. I, was about to, I, I was about to say, this nigga, this nigga went off into La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, whatever, whatever, hey, whatever the spirit needs to experience, hey, mm-hmm. it is, it, it is what it is. It's a good thing. But um, yeah, man, just like I say, you know, just don't be outside butt naked hugging trees. <laughs> <laughs> Blindfold oh, yourself and go hug the tree. My, my, my property line doesn't have the fence at the back, and and so I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And and the people, um, you know, they uh, they built uh, an upstairs in their um, on their home. So when they did, they, they can look down into my yard. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You don't know who you got. You know, you never, you don't know who's there. But you got to protect them good. Now you got to protect them mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most definitely, most definitely. All right, but definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, do you have any more questions or comments? Um, so the last comment I have is something you were talking about concerning the Jews, um, and then I just had a comment, if it makes any sense. Um, oh, I think you were talking about how cohesive they are, and I think you were talking about how you know people just need to be able to come together. And mm-hmm. I had heard a comment, I, I heard somebody make a statement that very morning um, that, that that comment was made or that conversation was had. And mm-hmm. the, the statement was, it's better to be united than right. And, uh, and I right. agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's better for everyone to be united than for any one of us to try to be right. And you know why, you know why that statement is true? Just think about this. There will never be a day. Why any of us are alive listening to this show where we can get everybody in the same room and everybody's going to agree on the same thing. It's just not going to happen. And until people put that mentality down, nothing will ever change. There'll never be a day where we're all going to agree exactly the same way. And you know what? That's the beautiful thing about it, and that's okay. 
But what ruins it is when you get those one, those knuckleheads that think that their ideology is the only way, correct way, and everybody else's shit is wrong. So that is a, that is a profound statement. That's right. As long as we, you know, look, we've been saying for years, all of us, in, in classes we did going back 20-plus years ago, you understand, if we learn to come together on the things we do agree on and not focus on the shit we don't agree on, we'd be able to get a lot of shit done. But what happens is when you get egotistical, melanated people in the same room, now everybody's pride kicks in. You know, oh, I'm more science temple. I don't agree with that. I'm nation of Islam. That goes against everything. I'm 5%. But if you really look at all of those groups, more science temple, nation of Islam, 5% nation, all these conscious groups and organizations, they have a lot more in common than what they don't have in common. And the fucked up part about it is they focus more on the shit that they don't have in common. Really, what's the difference between Nation of Islam, 5%, and more? It's just all the same shit. The core of their teachings are the same. They all value the same principles. Shit, 5% Nation, Nation of Islam is the same shit. They basically share the same lessons. All the 5% Nation did was add extra teachings in their, in their degrees. That's it. There's no difference. So why we got all this separation and argument? That's because it's funny. And, and see, and see the the Jews. I like the Jews because you know the Jews come together on something realistic. But they'd be like, okay, you know, we may be different types of Jews, but guess what? We all want to live a plush life on this earth right now. So and that's be- we're all going to get together in business. And they then they keep the money amongst themselves. They, they keep all the commerce amongst themselves. They go into an area, and, and like we were talking about a few weeks ago, it's not just in, in big cities in the north where people are familiar with the Hasidic Jews. And, you know, us being born, raised, living there our whole life, we saw how they took over a whole borough. You go to Williamsburg, Brooklyn right now, they got school buses. They got schools. They got neighborhoods. I mean, they control not one or two blocks. They control 15, 20-block radius in every business, house, school in that area is owned and operated by them. That's the power of unity. You look at this and you go to Chinatown, same thing. You go to San Francisco, you go to Chinatown in New York, same thing. They See, the ethnicities know how to come into areas, united ethnicities, I should say, know how to come into areas and take over and control by working together. Look at American Negroes. American Negroes came and get along with each other. They're shooting each other over sneakers and fucking rims, and, and fighting over <laughs> bitches, and, and these, these niggas can't even get along on mundane shit, let alone forget money, bring money into the picture, and forget about it. Shit breaks out, arguments break out, because they don't trust each other. There's that non-trust factor. But look at Mexicans. They come to this country, they all, what, 15 of them rent the house, they eat chicken and rice for three fucking months straight, and then the next thing you know, a year later, all of them got their own houses, they start their own landscaping business, that's because they, they come from a different mindset. They come from a different mold. All ethnicities you look, look at the Hindus. The motherfuckers now in the last 15, 20 years, they own every goddamn Dunkin' Donuts in the country now. Go in every Dunkin' Donuts, Baskin Robbins is owned by a motherfucking Hindu. Why is that? What's American Negro got? American Negro sitting around talking about the white man's a devil. He owns not a goddamn you know, fucking thing. You know, and, and, I, and I got to be totally honest. American Negroes, you know the reason, one of the reasons why American Negroes don't come together and make shit happen? Because we too fucking spooked out, man. I, I yeah, just got to say, we fucking spooked out, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Allahu Akbar, like, man. Allahu Akbar. God damn. <laughs> Every time a nigga 
the only the, every time a nigga give you a reason why he don't want to work with you on some shit, shit that y'all can work on, it's always some type of spiritual shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like niggas yeah. are fucking spooked out, and that's the reality. You know, this is why niggas can't get nowhere because niggas, niggas living so far in their own ob- subjective world that their objective world ain't going nowhere. You know, they fucking that's spooked old. out. And that's a sickness, man. It's a mental sickness. And you can't tell me it can't be done because you can look at every other ethnicity that's coming to this country and taking advantage of the opportunities and stop living in that slavery shit. Because every every individual, Hindus, Asians, Latinos, all these other ethnicities that come here and are discriminated against in a worse way in this day and time than an American Negro is, and American Negro ain't taking advantage of any of these fucking opportunities. That's why I said this. I've been saying this for 15, 20 years. Look at the American Negro and compare them to a, a, a melanated person from the Caribbean. Two different mindsets. Two totally I, I, different fucking mindsets. It's funny if you look at Chris, I can't, I can't, I can't stand, and, you know, I'm African-American. I can't stand when I see an African-American you know, saying that there's no opportunity for them when all of the opportunities are here. You know the problem with niggas? Niggas don't fucking read. I mean, I, I just got to say it. N- niggas read shit that don't mean shit. <laughs> and, and I grew up in that shit, so I know. You know, a nigga, a nigga I'll give you an example. A nigga will tell you how how bad he wants money, for example. But he'll rather go out and sell drugs than to go fucking study economics and put that shit into practice. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's true. Niggas, that's a, that's don't like, niggas, niggas don't like <laughs> niggas don't like to educate themselves on anything that's real. Well, because all you got to do, brothers, is blame it on the white man. See, that's your scapegoat because they, you can now you have an excuse for being lazy. You can just say, I'm, 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 I'm a broke-ass bum. I'm unsuccessful. I'm a miserable piece of shit. I can't. I can't have a successful relationship. It's just it's all because of the white man's fault, brother. That's all. See now, and now, now I can now I don't have to take no responsibility. So I can just be a bum, and it just all falls <laughs> into place, brother. See, see how easy that is. So that's all. Just it off. The white man's fault, man. So that's all. Just say it's the white man. That's it. And then now you got to pass. You get a free and pass. And, 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 see. and that's and that's and that's sad. But these are the same niggas, and and this, I, that's why I don't give niggas no passes. Because these are the same niggas that'll tell you they're gods, they're this, they're that. But these niggas make every fucking excuse in the book to do something for themselves. Well, I always say this. You can get a million reasons why they can't and not one reason why they can't. I get that shit all the time. How many times have you sat in a business meeting and all you got through the whole meeting, and shit, we can attest to this because we've run stores, we've built temples, and when we were having structure meetings and administrative meetings, and business meetings. You remember this shit? How many times did we yeah, have appointing officers and appointing committees and all the bullshit starts? You know, this one's questioning yeah. the secretary. This one's questioning the, you know, this one. Because the, this, this nigga wants act. this nigga's position. Right. You know, um, it's always some type of bullshit. Or, or, then, or then you have the niggas that say, oh, you know, I don't want to put my finances into something that can make us more finances. Like, you know how stupid you sound? Yep. 
That's true. You know, niggas come with a, a decent plan of how to make, you know, economic gain, a move in the objective world, and then niggas give you all the excuses on why they can't do it. True indeed, true indeed. All right, I think we're going to finish it up. I know we just got just a couple comments and questions online, but sis, I uh, hope that answers your questions. I know we kind yeah. of went into the left field. Thank you so much. Most of you, you got it. You, you got it. All right, I'm just going to finish with some comments and a few questions online because I got some people uh, we we've been ignoring online and they're typing in. We apologize for that. Oh, we got brother brother Phil's online. <laughs> Let me see what he wrote. He always writes some fucking shit that makes me laugh. Let's see what brother Phil. <laughs> Yo, brother Phil just typed in. I just pissed in a bowl and put it on the table. Here's some lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Hey, Sister Nikita, I know you. I know. I know you said you had a. You had a question. You want to go ahead and type that in, and and then uh, we'll go ahead and finish with that. If you want to go ahead and type that in, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I know we got into a lot. I am getting drained and tired right now. So uh, if you can hear me, Sister Nikita, I know you said you had a question. You want to go ahead? Oh, here it is. It's for you, Brother Sargidi. I don't know if you're online. Are you online? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not right. online, but um, I'm, I'm just online. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll read it for you. <clears throat> okay. She says there's a question. Uh, I'm waiting for her to type it in about black people and their spookism. I'm just waiting for her to type it in. Oh, Give shit. I like this title. I like this shit. Yeah, she wants to know. She wants to know. Do you walk around the house with your namuz on, with your balls dangling, with some fucking sandals and shit? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. When I'm doing my tantric rituals, nigga. You ain't know? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. All right. So it says, she says, uh, this is the question for you, brother. I was talking to a guy, and he's pushing. Oh, man, it's going to be good. And he's pushing a hard line. I ask him, what kind of movies do you like? She says, we're kind of predating. And uh, I'm not, I am not. let me see the rest. I'm waiting for the type in the rest. Oh, this shit got to be funny. She says he likes all kind of movie. He, 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 and in, incense burning. I think I read that right. She says, it goes back to the movie. He likes all kinds of movies except for horror. And I said, what, what's, what horror? He goes evil. He goes evil once, so he doesn't like evil horror movies. All right, I'm just waiting for the for the rest of the question. It's got to be going somewhere. <laughs> and she types and says, "What evil to you?" It's coming, brother. I'm just reading it, man. Don't don't kill the messenger, brother. <laughs> uh, all right. She's typing. He goes real life evil shit, like devil shit. Oh shit, spooky, 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 brother. <laughs> we waiting. Yeah, you see the pitchforks, brother. Mhm. So she says, I, I asked him, "Who is the devil to you?" <laughs> brother Phil typed in. Tell him to put a belt around his neck and watch Ant Man while taking a stomp of roaches in some shoes. <laughs> yo, yo, brother Phil, man, you gotta do a stand up tape, man. That shit would make fucking money, bro. 
I'll buy that shit. Yo, Phil's got Phil's got a mind, man. Phil got a good imagination, man. Because I can visualize the shit he says. That's why he got that visualization in his comments, man. All right, then she says, oh, it's more of a comment, not a question. I just think it's funny that spookism in the black community is what's really holding people back, uh, most most definitely. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, hell yeah, spookism is definitely holding, you know, the black community back, you know. Niggas can give you 15 spooky reasons of why they can't do something. Oh, the Illuminati. Oh, the white man. Oh, this. Oh, that. You know, it's it's all of these excuses. Yeah, brother. You, know, you got to tell, tell them the real secret, though, on how to overcome the, the spook of them, brother. Tell them the secret how to walk around as a pharaoh with your balls tied up and they're not moving. <laughs> and they'll believe you. Where, hell yeah, put a cock ring around your balls. There you go, brother. And fucking sing, and fucking sing, Patty LaBelle. Somebody loves you. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. exactly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, spookism is very prevalent in our communities. Sadly, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. I I never understood why. See, when it comes, well, I say this for this is from my experience when. Brothers and sisters bring you spirituality. They bring you really, really spooky shit. That's right. Like, you know, um, they, they pretty much they want you to totally be submerged into the object, subjective world. You know, like they just they just want you, your every thought to be about the spiritual world. And they don't want you to deal with no type of objective reality. It's not a no. balanced. It's not a balanced approach. Like you know? fat asses ain't a reality. You know. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> like a nice exactly. fat ass ain't a reality. They too spiritual for that <laughs> shit. I'll look exactly. at fat asses all day. I don't care how spiritual I am. I'm looking at fat asses all day. So, <laughs> that's just exactly. It, it, and, and I can say this: one of the things I've noticed, other ethnicities like the Jews and people like that. They come with a more balanced approach to their lifestyle. They mm-hmm. see the subjective world and the objective world in equal balance. When niggas mm-hmm. come to you with shit, niggas come to you with some straight spooky spiritual shit. That's it. You know, they give you all this spiritual philosophy and shit, but what does that shit really do for you in your life right now? I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. After hey, after hey. you learn, after you learn, I, I seen the brother on YouTube. I seen the brother on YouTube. You know, he talks all this, you know, astral projection and all this shit. But I'm like, what does after you after you've done it so many times? Like, what the fuck is that gonna do for you right now? And your objective, like, nigga, you got a physical body, nigga. Are you just going to sit in the room and astral travel all day, nigga? Yeah, yeah. And don't pay your mortgage and shit. That's all. Just, yeah, you know, you don't <laughs> got to be grounded in any type of reality, brother. See, it's all about the subjective realm, brother. <laughs> well, see, I was, I should say, I was um, <laughs> given, you know, information about this brother. And this brother, he he don't even own his own place or... He don't even have his own place. He's living with somebody. He's staying in somebody else's house, 
somebody else's room. The nigga just got out of jail. I mean, come on, man. Oh, shit. Those jail <laughs> niggas can be real spiritual when they get out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> all you have time to do is actual protection jail, nigga. See, exactly. <laughs> you can't go not like, not like he got something to do. It's not like you got some shit you got to do today. <laughs> Any, anyway, and that, but and that's what yeah, I'm sorry, cracking, we cracking jokes on it, but you know, in all honesty, we got to have a balance. You know, we can't Same be time. too spiritual and spooky. It just can't. It's not going to work. That's right. You know, you do need and, that balance. Uh, and the more and the more we, the more we take the extreme mentality the more problems you see we have in our community. True indeed. Yo, guess 29 types of McFarrell. That's some funny-ass shit, McFarrell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last question we're going to take. This is a good one here. This is definitely the last one here. Uh, Red Baron types in, ask about, uh, was asking me my opinion on the saint of death. Uh, now, the saint of death, uh, especially in Mexican witchcraft, uh, which is very popular, and also amongst the Yoruba, it's called Iku. Uh, we talked about the uh, Petro Lojas of the Vudon Pantheon. They also have uh, different Petros, a path of the spirit of death. Uh, and as we explained, what that really represents is nothing evil. When, you, when people hear, like for an example, the Mexican aspect of Mexican witchcraft, which is a very popular concept, the saying of death, uh, you, you always see it depicted as a statue. And I'm speaking specifically Mexican witchcraft. Uh, picked it as looking like the Grim Reaper, and you'll see that venerated, and you'll see them offering different type of candles and offerings to this particular spirit. Now, really what that represents is the uh, death in the sense of your current existence and you recognizing the higher realms of transformation into those higher realms, death in the sense of a new life. When people hear that, sometimes they think that that's negative and it's evil and it's demonic and it's witchcraft, and they hear the term death, or the saint of death, and they think, oh, man, that's got to be something evil. Right it's now. actually it's very positive and very spiritual. And we did a whole show on that, talking about the various different representations and archetypes, and, and we, were, we were talking about the Vudon. Um, and it's not just in the Vudon. You have it in different aspects of Santeria, witchcraft. Uh, it's very popular amongst uh, Mexican witchcraft. Uh, right it's actually now. a very high. Say it again? Right now, it's brother. Yeah, right now. <laughs> right now. Um, so yeah, we 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 our my opinion on that, and our opinion on that is it's definitely nothing negative. Um, it just can appear negative to people that know nothing about it. So I, mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Let me also add on to that. Um, sure. For, for people who want to learn more about working with that, a good book to check out um, is this book called "The Witch's Book of the Dead" by Christian mm. Day. It's a really good book on how to work with the spirits who have passed and to really understand the difference between what we've been programmed by society, religions, of considering death to be a negative state. It really helps you shed light on that it's a positive state, so to speak. Big time. And also remember... As we were speaking about these orders, as the brothers mentioned, always remember that in every process of your life, there's a birth, there's a maturity stage, and there's a death. And you don't always have to experience a physical death to That's experience right. death. It's the end of 
one part of your life and the beginning of a new chapter of your life. That is death. Mm-hmm. So certain cultures <laughs> celebrate that transition, and they celebrate these different aspects of death so that when you reach that state physically, you're no longer afraid. You're not scared. You're not That's right. fearful of it. And your transition uh, physically is a different experience than what most of us are basically traumatized to experience death by horror movies, by religion, by things of that nature. These certain cultures celebrate it. And in that way, it's something to rejoice instead of something to fear. That's right. And I have yeah, on my I, altar. To, I have. I'm sorry. I have on my altar tonight as I'm as I'm sitting here doing this. I have to honor that spirit. We call it Iku, whatever term you want to give it. You can call it the saint of death, whatever. Um, I keep a skull on my altar in remembrance of that because, and it's funny because that same spirit. And which this is something we did back in ninety eight, ninety nine, me and a brother. When you go through the Knights of Columbus, on their initiation in their first degree, they have the saint of death there. And they teach you this whole lecture on what basically what you just said, Rabana. They go through this whole representation of that and they have a they have the they have a skull. It's a replica skull. Uh it looks just like a Grim Reaper and they give you this whole breakdown on, you know, what it represents, kinda of what you just said. Also, um, something I wanted to add into that. Remember this: the death, death, or um, dead, or death spirits always represent, you know, the unconscious mind. Uh It's always a representation. Death, anything. Death is considered the unconscious state of unconsciousness. You don't have. You're not conscious. So always remember that death. Anything with death or death spirits always represent that aspect of yourself. That's right. Yeah, I want to end it with this, man. I got to read this. There's some funny ass shit. Yo, this is shit, brother. So type it. I need some. I need some. I need some good comedy. <laughs> Hold on, I can get my shit together. He typed in. Uh, <laughs> gotta make a conscious. <laughs> gotta make a conscious carrot burger with extra parsley, grilled to perfection with some tofu. <laughs> With some tofu bread and speak better meat <laughs> into the tofu. <laughs> oh shit! Oh yo, that's some funny uh, ass shit. With a side of with a side of kale salad. Yeah, with some strawberries. Then he typed in uh, down here. Make sure you <laughs> make sure you get some conscious. <laughs> Hold on, man. I'm trying to get my shit together. Make sure you get some conscious french fries with blood ketchup. <laughs> then he types in, ground your chakras and reach in Pluto. <laughs> good good book. Word up. Must have been working. Uh, been, uh, the key to that ass blood ketchup. Does anyone remember when Heinz released that green ketchup some years ago? And then Brother Phil typed in, must have been working for someone's heart chakra. Heinz french rocket. Oh shit, that's some funny ass shit. I'm sorry, that's some funny ass shit to me, man. Yo, Phil, Philly smoking something, man. That's some funny ass <laughs> shit, man. That's some funny. That nigga, that's some that nigga, comedy that nigga right high there. Listen, that nigga high listening to the show right now. Nah, that's some occult comedy. He should start his own brand of fucking, fucking occult comedy. 
Anyway, brothers, I think that's uh, going to do it for this evening. Uh, brothers, want to go ahead and give a quick closing statement, uh, contact information, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll call it a night, brothers. Sure. You can reach me at Ravana Noon, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, on Facebook, Ravana Noon at Outlook.com, or go to uh, my YouTube page, Dark Occultist 99. And uh, sisters, send me some twerking videos. <laughs> yeah, or please send please send him all of the meditation pictures. No, hell no, never again. <laughs> yeah, especially the ones on rocks meditating with water splashing up against you. He loves those. Yeah. Send those to the Facebook page. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, brother. So, all right. Brother Sargidi, you can contact me. Sargidi A S A S A R G H E D E at Yahoo dot com or you can contact me on Facebook. Also you can contact our page Awakening Universal Minds. And also, you know, for um you big booty twerkers, you can contact us Hicksos Booty at <laughs> Yahoo dot com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you do, uh, the sister that was on the phone earlier from Texas, if you do, you know, decide to hug trees naked, you can send that to the Facebook page. That's Awakening Universe. <laughs> yes, send that. Send that. Post it on there. Trust me, we we or send it in a message to the page. We will protect your identity. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, hi. Uh, again, myself, you can uh, email. The email for the show page here uh, is khnum19 at gmail.com. Uh, that's the way you can contact me, khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also go to the uh, Waking Universal Minds Facebook page, just like the brother said. Uh, any questions, comments, contact with Von Anun with all your spiritual meditation pitches and <laughs> meditating in lotus positions. Uh, send him like pictures with your eyes. He loves the ones when your eyes are lit up. That's his favorite. Like when you when you photograph your eyes blazing, because those are those are really spiritual. That really impresses us. So if you get a chance, send a bunch of those. Uh, but no, anyway, seriously, contact uh, any questions, comments for the show. Uh, you can definitely uh, go ahead and send uh, those over, uh, and we'll definitely uh, consider. We want your feedback. Uh, again, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's Mother Nubia, Inc. Uh, you can check out uh, various different videos up there. Uh, also, all the shows are archived on there. It links you to this page, and it also links you to the Facebook page. Uh, you'll see links for all that stuff. Pretty much all the pages are kind of interconnected. It links in the show. And we have them pretty much on all those pages mentioned. All of our shows are archived. I have them archived on my uh, YouTube. They're archived on the Awakening Universal Minds Facebook page, and you can find links to them on uh, also on Ravana Noon's uh, uh, um, YouTube pages. I believe he's got it all connected on there, too. Um, again, uh, just uh, upcoming shows, just, for, just so you know, the next two weeks. Um, I did speak with uh, Brother Alem Bay the other day. Uh, me and the brothers were talking, and he kind of felt like he didn't get enough of time, and his phone actually ran out of juice. Uh, as you know, he got disconnected. So we're going to bring him back on, not not next week, but the week after. Uh, we're going to just bring him on by himself to continue our discussion with him. And we know some, some people had some more questions for him, and we were not able to get to all those questions. And due to the fact he was traveling and his phone had died out. Um, so we're going to get him back on the show uh, in two weeks. Uh, next week, just a reminder, 
Next week's not going to be a pretty fucking show. Just going to give you all the heads up right now. As we said earlier, put your fucking big boy pants and drawers on. We're going to be going in on this whole child molestation, pedophilia shit in the conscious community. We're going to talk about Africa Bambada, Dr. York, the whole shit. And we ain't going to be fucking giving nobody no passes, no race cards. We ain't playing none of that shit. We're going to hold people accountable for their actions. And it's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be what you think it is. And, and some, and some, and some, even some of the evidence that's going to be on this next show, it might turn your stomach, but it's uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. And we're coming from that perspective. We kind of touched a little bit on it tonight because it dealt with the topic that was in the movie that we had broke down tonight. Um, so we're going to explore that. That's going to be the show next week, uh, addressing pedophilia in the conscious community. Africa Bambada, as we know, that's the big thing right now. The big story broke. Everybody and their mother coming forward now. Uh, child, shit, child, child molesting butt pirate. Yeah, well, I call him Africa Bam Booty now, and <laughs> we shouldn't even call we shouldn't even call him Africa Bambada. That's a fucking disgrace. Whatever his fucking name is, you know. Uh, we're gonna be talking about that. Uh, we're gonna also talk about Doctor York because a lot of people giving him a free pass with this he's innocent shit and not talking about the real documented evidence, not the bullshit that they've been showing you on the surface for years, telling you that all oh, the case is sealed or oh, you can't get that. Oh, his medical records show that he don't have any, any STD. We got proof to show you otherwise. So there's, there's a whole misconception. Medical, that, medical records, name change, the whole shit. And that's the reality. And the bottom line is nobody wants to address this. We give these people passes because they've created this godlike figure about themselves, this father-like messiah figure about themselves. And that's done intentionally. So when this comes up, uh, these people are already programmed and trained to be defensive and go on the attack. That's okay. And if anybody's got any problem with it, bring your pussy asses on the phone. Don't come exactly. into the chat room. Don't come into the chat room hiding behind no names and want to type in <laughs> bullshit because we're going, we're going to just mute your shit, number one. And if you got any fucking balls, you'll get on the phone and you'll talk like a grown-ass man or woman and stop hiding behind the motherfucking computer and express your goddamn self. So, because shit we're going to talk about next week is going to get under some people's skin. And I couldn't oh, give yeah. two flying fucks. And if you got an issue with it, Bring your punk ass on the phone, and we'll talk about it. Let's talk about it like grown-ass adults. You ain't got to agree with what we're saying. But motherfucker, don't hide behind a goddamn computer. We ain't hiding behind no goddamn computer. And the people who, you know, who may, you know, hate us and hate this show, understand after we get done with this next show, next week, you're going to really hide, nigga. Because you're going to know. Let me These say that are not niggas to be fucked with. You gonna know well, let me tell you. Let me tell you this. I couldn't give a fuck who hates or likes me. Let's establish that. I don't think any of us are here for that. I'm not interested. If you love me, hate me, like me, couldn't stand me, couldn't give a fuck if I existed, couldn't care if I died tomorrow. That shit is irrelevant to me. That's all personal bullshit. So I couldn't care about that. We're not talking about our personal likes and dislikes. We're going to get down to the hardcore nitty gritty. So don't give me your fucking opinions, what you like and you don't like. And again, if you really think you got something contrary to what we're going to be talking about next week, again, pick up the motherfucking phone and stop hiding behind the motherfucking phone. And we can talk about it like grown-ass people. 
we ain't the niggas that's going to tell you that we're not going to debate you. No, nigga, we will debate you. Put it this way. I had one dude about a year ago, two years ago, we got into this whole debate about Dr. York, and I told him I had documented documents that I'll bring to him and show him. I said, where you want to meet me? That motherfucker ain't never respond. I'll meet your ass somewhere. Tell me where you want me to meet you. I ain't trying to fucking hire from you. Where you want to meet <laughs> Never got a response. We'll show and prove. That's just how that's just how we are. That's just that's just the way it is. And again, it ain't gonna be pretty. But anyway, other than that, I think we we got into enough. Again, if you didn't see the movie that we talked about tonight, go watch that movie. And even though if you didn't see it and we kind of broke the whole thing down and told you what it was about and how it ended, you kind of can watch it from a study perspective now, based on you know what we were talking about. Uh, now, if you did see the movie and you tuned into the show tonight, then hopefully it helped you look at it in a, in a totally different perspective. Uh, I think we'll do that once in a while. I think this would be a good idea, brothers, to pick a movie. And, uh, you know, we can go to older movies that were out over the years and newer movies. I think maybe once in a blue moon, I think this is a good idea, Ravonna Noon. We should uh, uh, go through some different movies and pick them. And uh, I think it sparks a lot of different, you know what I'm saying? I think it sparks a lot of yeah. We need to re- revisit the Sith. That's what we need yeah. to revisit. Let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Right, we, we, can take, we can take that shit to... Oh, man. Yeah, the Sith yeah. would be good. We should, re- we should revisit that. That's that's the one that's some next level shit. But anyway, I think that's it for us. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And we will see everybody next week, 9 p.m. Put your big boy and big girl drawers on. It's going to get ugly. Peace. Don't cry, niggas. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.